106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Good morning and welcome to NPR. A quick trigger warning. If you're a human with emotions, you may want to avoid this program. Today on the show, we talk about racism again. We interview Robin D'Angelo, a white woman who makes $50,000 a pop telling massive corporations over Zoom that their white employees are We then ask you, the listener, are you racist? If you say yes, you obviously are. If you say no, you're in denial, which means you obviously are. You then get even more defensive because you truly claim to not be racist so that when we accuse you you of being racist over and over, that's really annoying and kind of crazy. But the more defensive you get, the more we call you racist. The more we call you racist, the more defensive you get. Until you're so infuriated from being called racist based on just the color of your skin, which is actually the definition of racism, that believe it or not, you may over time become a little racist making us right all along. And just a reminder, this is a publicly funded show, so all of you racists are actually paying for it. Coming up, should your animals be vaxxed and how does that relate to the patriarchy? We'll be right back. Racist. You are number 157 in the queue. Your call is important to us and we will answer it. Let me stop you right there, because if my call was important to you, I wouldn't be number 157 in the queue. Now, would I be? You wouldn't have made me answer a multiple choice bloody questionnaire via my own keypad before allowing me to speak to an actual human being, a human being, as it turns out, who is working from home, probably in a primarily tracksuit bottom and is therefore about as useful as a cock flavoured lollipop or perhaps Perhaps you'll put me through to someone in a foreign country who doesn't speak my language, is in a different time zone, is reading from a script, can't pronounce my name, and thanks me for my patience, which ran out a very long time ago. All right, with the news on Biden redistributing student debt and not going through Congress in order to do this, it's really important that we know how this actually benefits the government. Remember, government doesn't make money. It spends yours, and then it plays the benevolent hero. All right, so as we discuss this, it's important to note that the one thing that this whole thing didn't do, what it did not do was remove the government from issuing federal student loans. Okay, so how do federal student aid programs work? Well, all federal student aid programs, which include student loans, Pell Grants, and work study, are funded by federal tax dollars paid by U.S. citizens. Obviously, interest on these student loans is the problem. It's a huge part of the problem. So where does that interest money go? Well, it goes right back to the federal government. Like all other government revenue, your interest payments simply go back to where they originally came from, the U.S. Department of the Treasury. So to recap, the federal government taxes you to fund students' loans and then makes interest on those loans. And then when those students can't pay their loans, the federal government doesn't back out of the equation. No, they come back to you, my friend, and they double dip because they caused a problem, which they are now solving and playing the benevolent hero. You know, the word homeless is a propaganda word. It's designed to make you think that the people that are living on the street are there because rent is too high, housing is scarce. Well, if that were true, we would see the worst homelessness in Beverly Hills or Carmel, California or other very wealthy neighborhoods. But we don't. We see it in the poor neighborhoods because that's where the city leaders have decided to contain 
the drug-using, drug-dealing, and drug-addicted population. I think the other thing we point out is that rents increased all over the United States, including in warm cities like Miami, that reduced their homeless population. The bottom line is you have as many people living on the street as you allow. San Francisco only shelters one-third of its homeless population. New York shelters over 95% of its homeless population for the simple reason that it built sufficient homeless shelters and required people to stay in them. Now, this is Garland in the end. This is Biden in the end. And, you know, we can talk about all these specifics, but they want to destroy Trump and they're thinking of excuses to do it. And if it's not this, it would have been something else equally as fraudulent. They spied on him without justification. And sure enough, the same gang raided his home without justification. I think that anyone who is faced with need and through no fault of his own or her own, uh, yes, government can play a part in helping them. It's one thing to help someone to once again become self-sustaining, but it's another thing when the government then introduces a welfare program that actually preserves the jobs for the bureaucrats and makes uh, the dependence of that individual permanent rather than seeking to bring them out of that to where they can earn their own livelihood. You're listening to No Hostages Radio, episode 179, to appear on September 3, 2022. So thank you for listening, however you got here, whether it's through your local podcast source or from our website at nohostagesradio.com. You can reach me a number of ways. You can reach me at the uh, email site. Lou, L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com. Once again, L-O-U, Lou, at NoHostagesRadio.com. Or you can uh, text me or call me at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. And uh, I am on the left coast over here in California, Northern California, in Yuba County, doing this broadcast. Um but you can call me, uh, just note, if you want to talk live, you just note the time and the hour of the day or time. But I, I do try to take all, all calls. I don't really screen calls. And uh, But text me or whatever you want to do to get a hold of me, and that's great. Let me give you some other areas. Uh, we have the website, of course, nohostagesradio.com, where we post all the past episodes, 178 of them plus today. And then we also have articles that are written for the Territorial Dispatch. I want to give a shout-out to the Territorial Dispatch. They are a local, um, but they're on the Internet as well, on the web. They they are a local weekly paper that is in the Northern California area, and you can see that at territorialdispatch.com. I, uh, normally, they're up and going, uh, but uh, I tried to get on there this week. I don't know whether they have a little glitch in their site, but it's a— it's a nice way to read the paper 
because you can just scroll down and you see the whole page. It's just you don't see articles, individual articles. You see the whole page just like you would if you held it in your hand. So that's Territorial Dispatch. They give me an ad in there and promote the show. And uh, so we thank them for that. There's also uh, we started doing a weekly um, a Saturday live show at KMYC 1410 AM. That might not make much sense to a lot of you that are in another state or in another part of the uh, state of California. But there's a couple ways you can you can uh, uh, contact that if you want to listen to us live. We start at 10 in the morning uh, our time. Uh, and go to 1 o'clock, and uh, I'm told you can go to the website, nohostagesradio.com, and click on live, and you can listen to the live show, or you can go to live365.com. That's a uh, website platform that all kinds of uh, media use, and you can go there, click on radio, put in KMYC, and you can listen on listen then on your you know your phone or wherever you whatever device you have instead of listening just on your computer. So, uh, okay. So I wanted to mention uh, early on here that uh, in there's a event coming up on September 16th, 17th, and 18th that uh, a lot of you uh, that have been fighting the fight with the uh, against the U.S. government and its fraud, the COVID fraud, and the stealing the of, of the election and all the craziness that's gone on. Uh, causing calling people uh domestic terrorists that are at school board meetings all that kind of craziness right and so you might think oh is this a just a local problem is this an international problem is this just an american problem what's going on here is it just like uh bad politics uh or is there supernatural factors going on here what's really going on is there more to it than meets the eye right and so Dave Bryan, who is the uh, leader at Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City, who we've continued, we stayed open, uh, Church of Glad Tidings, I happened to attend there, uh, not because of COVID, but I've been there for years, but during the entire COVID fraud, uh, the church refused to shut down, even though it was mandated to do so by the state and the county, And uh, but we continued to have uh, not only church meetings and uh, different church services like uh, working with drug addicts and homeless people and all those kind of things. But we also had uh, different conferences that people from all over the country came to speak at and also attend. So this upcoming conference, September 16th, 17th, and 18th, isn't just to fill the schedule or to do something entertaining. This is sort of the next step from all the COVID con uh, the COVID con conferences, we did two of those. We did two free and brave. I think we did a constitution conference, uh, maybe a couple of those. So this is called dark secrets and bright hopes. And it's, uh, you can look at it on the church of glad website and that's church of glad And then click on events and just scroll down to the date of September 16th, which is a start date of Friday night. And you can see what's going on there. And I'm not sure whether the details are up there to how to register right at the moment. Uh, but they probably are. They weren't there a few weeks ago. But uh, I'll tell you what is there that I find most interesting is who the speakers are or presenters. And so uh, you may not have heard these guys, but you can look there and there's a little write-up on each one of them. I'm sure they're very controversial on the uh, if you go on the net 
Uh, L.A. Marzulli is going to be there. Derek Gilbert, Dr. Brian Artis. Dr. Brian Artis became very well known. It's A-R-D-I-S, not A-R-T-I-S or T-I-S-T. Brian, Brian Artis is, uh, has his own uh, website that talks about, I think it's the Dr. Brian Artis Show or something like that. Anyway, he has all kinds of uh, health uh, ways to treat uh, illness um, and ways to keep healthy, way to uh, get your immune system all jacked up and resistant to illness. And also has a story to tell about the corruption of, of COVID, how I, th- I don't know whether he tells, gets into the details, but early on, I believe it was his father-in-law that was killed by an ICU uh, with remdesivir and putting him on the ventilator. And that's what got his attention, that this wasn't about medical science. It was about a, a COVID fraud and killing off a lot of people in the United States. There Also a fellow that many may not know. Uh, but we do. His name's Leo Zagami, Z-A-G-A-M-I, Zagami. He uh, lived and worked inside the Vatican and saw the corruption and the uh, one world order, one global order, global authoritarian government. And uh, he's going to come by Zoom. He normally doesn't do a lot of travel or public appearances because people want to kill him. So you think, oh, Lou, you just exaggerate. And actually, you don't know what you're talking about. So why don't you just, like, look them up, and uh, if you look anybody, one of these people, including Dave Bryan, uh, he's going to be one of the speakers, uh, you're going to find controversial on the web, because the web is being controlled by, as as well as all the big platforms, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Google, all of them are controlling the media, in fact, they're controlling everything that you hear. In fact, all the mainstream media has taken millions of dollars per, um, what do you call it, station, CBS, ABC, NBC, all the ones, Fox, every one of them have taken huge amounts of money uh, from people like Bill Gates, uh, Soros, uh, Klaus Schwab, all those people that are coordinating COVID and shutting down the the uh, shipping lines, shutting down the, the food lines, shutting down farming. Um, those those people uh, are gonna are gonna be exposed by this kind of teaching and you're gonna get a clue here and you're gonna learn about it from people like Leo Zagami and what the plan is, the global plan to rid the world of most of its population. And the Catholic Church is into it up to their ears. And so uh, you can check that out on your own. I'm not going to say more about it tonight uh, because I have other things I want to talk about. Chris Ann Hall, who is starting to post a lot on social media, and I, I one time talked to her, not that she listens to me, but I said, you know, Chris Ann, if you could give me some two or three or four minute clips, five minute clips at most and roll them out every week. I would put them every time on my show, but she's busy doing other things. A lot of her clips are longer and she's more of a teacher. So, uh, but, but she's been writing short things, which have been fantastic. And so she says, uh, Chris Ann Hall, of course, is a constitutional attorney. She doesn't take cases. Uh, she just simply teaches on the Constitution after being a f- uh, Florida state prosecutor. Uh, 
So she says, as I was teaching my River School of Government students today about the fastest cure to cure cure government uh, to cure, sorry, the fastest cure to curb government spending. So in other words, to stop government reckless spending. By the way, I was just talking to a lady today who talked to one of the supervisors and uh, from Yuba County, and the the word is, although I haven't seen it on paper because they don't like publicize these things, is that the, the size of government in Yuba County has increased by 25%. And when you hear these stories, oh, we're out of money, oh, we're this, oh, we're that, they've increased 25%, I think, their budget. Now, uh, Sutter County is getting ready to put Measure A on the ballot, which is going to request you in Sutter County to vote to increase your taxes by 1%. And again, like in Yuba County, they lied, and they're going to lie again because the judges down in Sacramento, the appeals court judges, are, are did a precedent by changing the law, which they're not supposed to do, and saying that you can promote it as a public safety tax, but you don't have to uh, vote it that way. If, if you, the, the Prop 13 and all the Prop 218, Prop 57, I think, all those propositions said if you want to uh, specify what you're going to use the money for, like you're going to use it for parks and recreation, if you're going to use it on build a new civic center, if you're going to use it for just public safety, then you have to have two-thirds of the populace agree to that. If you want to just say, we just want more money and we'll spend it on whatever we decide, then you only need a majority of the voters, 50% plus one. So what they're doing so they can get your vote for it, because most people say, hey, government is spending enough money, right? They don't want us to give you any more money. I don't want to give you any more of my tax dollars. I'm getting ripped off as it is. So instead of to coax you to do that, they're going to say things like, well, we're not going to be able to respond to your heart attack very fast in the future. Oh, your your husband is 89 years old and he's he's he has to you know, he gets he calls the ambulance every six months or so. Uh, well, we're not you know, they're going to suggest they're not going to be able to respond or we're not going to be able to respond to those fires unless you give us more money. It's what they call that is extortion by fear. And so what she says is she's teaching a class, River School, the River School of Government, River University. And she says, number one, uh, she would uh, push for no more taxes taken from paychecks. You realize if instead of that check, you remember how you, you, you have your gross pay and your net pay, and then that all that other money is taken out by your employer, not to keep, but to pass on to the federal and state government, Right. So what she's saying is if we could vote to say no more taxes taken from paychecks, it all has to be paid out of you have to write a check for it. It would get your attention if every every so many months you had to send the government a check. You'd realize more how much money is being taken out. So she said every person, if they had to write an actual check to the federal government, every pay period for their federal taxes, she said that would solve the real problem with government spending the disconnection, there's, she said there's a disconnection between the people's money and the government spending it. So then uh, she, I uh, think she writes this as well. Uh, she says, John graduates from high school and takes out a loan for $50,000 to start his plumbing company. He buys plenty of expensive tools, a work truck, and learns a trade. 
Chris, he graduates from high school and chooses to take out a loan for $50,000 to go to college to study liberal arts. John works for five years to build and pay for his investment. Chris graduates from college with a debt he can't afford to pay. In other words, at the end of this four or five years, John's been working the whole time, and he's been paying back his debt. Chris has not paid back anything, and he's just now getting ready to go to work. Chris gets his debt forgiven by Joe Biden. John's taxes go up to pay for Chris's unpaid debts. John then gets audited by one of the 87,000 new IRS agents and has to prove that his truck and his tools are actually work expenses. That's, that's America that we're talking about today. Now, I wanted to mention also, I think I can do it before our first uh, break here. We have the first of uh, five breaks before we, do, we get in our six, six segments. So I've been following the Gibson Bakery case. This isn't where they got sued because they wouldn't bake a cake for a homosexual marriage or for a transsexual marriage or something. This is a case where the Gibson family, family-owned, multi-generational, uh, in Ohio, they uh, were right near Oberlin College. Oberlin College was started by abolitionists, people that were against slavery, white people. It was started by Oberlin to serve and educate black folks that were coming out of slavery. So I don't have time to go into the whole history of it. It's got a fascinating history. And the sad thing is it's become a despicable university. So what happened is uh, the, the bakery served the community. It had been there for 100 years, literally. And um, so they also, uh, Oberlin College bought some baked goods from them. But it was a famous bakery locally. And multi-generations, the oldest uh, Gibson was like in his 90s or close to 90 at the time this happened. So what happened is... Three uh, students came into the bakery, and I guess they actually sold other things besides just baked goods. They sold, like, wine and things like that. And so somebody saw this black guy, and there were two black girls. Uh, they uh, were stealing some wine, and they were confronted, just like when I was a kid, you'd get confronted if you were stealing from the store. And then your parents would get called or you'd, the police would get called or both. So they called. The, but instead of like stopping the uh, the black uh, th trio fought with the employees, police got called. They were arrested and uh, they they eventually pled guilty to what they did. But in the meantime, because they were black and if you're black in the United States, you get a pass if you commit a crime in a lot of cases. You can steal stuff, break windows, steal Jordans, steal a fifth of vodka. If somebody uh, gets a bean up their nose about a court case, you can riot and do all these things. So so what Oberlin did is their their vice president of Ober, Oberlin, and, and she was also dean of students, she began calling the Gibson family racist. And uh, they began, uh, they... They stopped buying any of their bakery goods. They um, they started posting. A, they posted a resolution that they showed in their college campus in a display case. It was up there for years, saying that the Gibsons were racist and to boycott the Gibson family, and they damaged their business. So the Gibsons, the Gibsons, uh, they sued the uh, the school. And the judge and the jury ruled that they should get $30, $40 million. It's a huge deal. And so it, years have gone by since the judgment, and Oberlin hasn't paid one dime. 
So they appealed, and literally the interest is accumulating like about $4,300. I don't know whether it's a month or a day. I mean, it's huge. The amount of interest is just huge. So the Oberlin College refuses to pay the Gibsons. In the meantime, this thing has gone on so long. After they fought it in court, the kids all pled guilty to trespassing, stealing, and the whole thing. They admitted they did the whole thing. But in, instead, the, the college has has still said that Gibsons were all in the wrong because the kids were black. And um, so in the meantime, Alan Gibson and his son David, who brought the suit, both have died. One was in his 90s and one was in his 60s. And uh, Meredith Ramondo, she was sued. Now she's no longer with the college. But they they wanted to go to the Supreme Court and get it overturned. And um, so it's uh, actually the interest is accumulating. Here it is, $4,300 per day. $4 million in interest has accrued. Now, it's interesting. These colleges, this is a private college that's getting donations and tuitions. Now, it's like amazing. They, they're going to owe $44 million at this point. So anyway, this is a 2016 inc- incident, and so the, so the Gibsons, are uh, the future generations of Gibsons, are still continuing to run the bakery. But Oberlin College officials uh, petitioned the Supreme Court to overrule this, and the Supreme Court refused to even hear it. So, um, so one of the Gibsons, the, the granddaddy, Alan, he died at 93, and then a year or so later, his son, David, died at 65. So, um, but in the meantime, they were running the struggling business and uh, still in operation. I don't know how good they're doing. I, I bring that up because sometimes I think it's easy to get the feeling that there is no God, right? It's, there's no righteous judgment, right? It's like, is there a God that's going to defend these people that got abused and then thrown under the bus for just uh, stopping a guy from stealing. So we'll be, we'll be right back. I got some clips to play for, for you, and then we'll be back for our second Retiring at the end of the year and will no longer be the chief medical advisor to the president of the United States. So tell us, sir, what are you going to do with all your free time? Are you going to go golfing every day down in Florida? Are you going to travel the world? Are you going to get into gardening or woodworking or pick up some other cool hobbies? Why? Why is now the time to go? It, it's never really a good time to leave, but you have to leave sometime. I have been wanting to pursue another chapter in my career, as you mentioned a bit ago because I've been wanting to do things outside of the government, particularly to do things, be they lecture or write or get involved in situations where I can serve as hope and inspiration to encourage young people to go into public service. Oh, so he's going to cash in on the lecture circuit and, of course, come out with his new memoir, which his publisher will tease, contains the true story of how Donald Trump caused the pandemic. So all the Democrats rush out and buy it. You could look at January 6th on TV and you have some people 
who actually don't believe it happened. How could that possibly be? His friends in the fake news industrial complex dubbed him the most important and brilliant doctor of all time for telling lies like this. In just one sentence, can you help me convince my friends who aren't vaccinated yet to get vaccinated so that I can invite them to my pool party? When you are vaccinated, you are protected from getting infected and you are protected from getting anybody else infected. Well, it turned out that wasn't true. But it is interesting how after Donald Trump left office and old Joe took over as commander in chief to save America from the pandemic, Mr. Fauci did start admitting the truth about some things, like all those children we kept hearing about who are hospitalized from COVID. If you look at the children who are hospitalized, many of them are hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. And what we mean by that, if a child goes in the hospital, they automatically get tested for COVID and they get counted as a COVID hospitalized individual when in fact they may go in for a broken leg or appendicitis or something like that. So it's overcounting the number of children who are quote hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. Oh, so those case numbers weren't accurate. They were uh, <clears throat> padded a little. And after old Joe was sworn in as president, remember how the new COVID strategy to end the pandemic was that everyone should wear two masks? It's time to double up and wear two. This morning, Dr. Fauci endorsed the, endorsed the idea on the Today Show. If you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. That was an odd 180 degree shift from his previous stance on masks before the Democrats realized that they could be used as a symbol of the pandemic to scare everyone. People should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And who could forget the time he committed perjury under oath testifying to Congress about his involvement with the Wuhan lab? Fauci should go to prison for five years for lying to Congress. They've prosecuted other people. They've selectively gone after Republicans. Senator Cruz told the attorney general you should be prosecuted. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to laugh at that. <laughs> I should be prosecuted. What happened on January 6th, Senator? CBS News has obtained an internal message sent by CDC Director Rochelle Walensky to staff this week in which she acknowledged that the health agency made pretty dramatic, pretty public mistakes. Let's start with this. How big of a deal is it to hear the CDC admit, listen, we made serious mistakes, especially since we all count on the CDC to get this right? We made some pretty public mistakes and we need to own them. <laughs> That's an understatement. We have so much evidence against Pauly P. Our producers here have been sifting through it since yesterday, and this is clear. This was a huge victory for the Pelosi's. Napa County and the country got rolled. Pauly really is the greatest deal maker of this generation. I mean, he almost killed the other driver and himself. This was a felony DUI, no question. But he was able to cover it up basically the whole summer. We went through all the dash cam footage, five hours of it. Paulie didn't really come off very well. He was stumbling around and combative. Watch. So some key things to remember for this test is make sure your arms are down to your sides. 
can't grab onto the patrol car, though. I really don't want you to fall over and hurt yourself. That's the last thing I'm... Right, but, but that, that defeats the, the whole purpose of the test, grabbing onto a patrol car. The guy couldn't keep his balance, and he was getting snippy with the cops just for telling him to be careful. And remember, he tried to throw his weight around. Watch this. Right, no, I, I understand who you are. And I'm not, I'm not here to try to, to do anything uh, to draw any negative attention to you. <laughs> Papa pulled the don't you know who I am card. Got it. I called this on the very first night we covered this story. I mean, I'd say I told you so if I were humble. We also went through all the dispatch tapes. Law enforcement seemed very professional. They all said in the moment on tape that this is bad. And we went throughout all the photos which show pretty much how bad it was. I mean, it's brutal. These people were banged up. So when they lied to us and said there were no injuries, that was intentional to protect Pauly. I don't even know how they could issue a statement like these with the photos staring him right in the face. So here's how the Pauly Peace saga went down. Pauly gets popped for a DUI. He hires a high-priced PR firm. He pulls strings and gets Allie, hey Allie, the DA, to hide the tape for him. He's given over $100,000 to California Highway Patrol, so they're on board with him hiding the tape. And his PR team leaks a story to the New York Times to paint him as an angel. You know, it basically says, this is no big deal. Everybody drives drunk in Napa. And everybody here loves the Pelosi's. And Paul, he just had cataract surgery recently. Actually, it was a year ago. And once he's got the media on his side, he gets the first judge replaced the night before the hearing. And then he has his lawyer hold a secret meeting with the second judge and the district attorney. And so they choreographed the settlement hearing yesterday because... Everything was agreed to ahead of time. Paulie wasn't getting any jail, and he was getting fake probation. And the minute they sign the plea deal, pop, the tapes go out. Because if we see the tapes beforehand, we'd know this was no misdemeanor. And public pressure probably would have forced a DA to weigh a felony charge. So, case closed, right? They got away with it. Wrong. There's still one thing I can't figure out. The victim. Put yourself in this guy's shoes, right? You get hit by one of the richest guys in the country. Your car is totaled. The guy's in the grape-picking business, if you know what I mean. He doesn't have a lot of money. So he's hurt, and he has pain in his neck, and he has pain in his shoulder, and he has trouble lifting things with his right arm. And his medical bills are adding up. Manual labor, not easy. So you're poor, you're hurt, and your car's wrecked. And you're not going to sue Paul Pelosi for civil damages, the $300 million man who's married to the most powerful woman in America, sorry, Kamala, who will probably cut a check just to make things go away. This doesn't add up. And we think we know what's going on here. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. Mark Garagos is a criminal defense attorney who joins me now. All right. So, Mark, you know, the guy's 52, the victim. Uh, we can't prove it, but... And he doesn't speak any English. I doubt he was born in this country. Let's just say he's not uh, an American citizen. Wouldn't that mean he well, wouldn't be taking 
Paul Pelosi to court? Does he have standing? Is that the reason why he's not suing Paul Pelosi for a million dollars? Well, I, the one of the things they said today is that the victim in this case, and he's now officially a victim because there's been a plea, has been compensated by the insurance company for his car. It's worded very um, carefully, I suppose. I normally I would tell you an 82-year-old at a .082 blood alcohol, which is just barely over the legal limit. Two hours after a crash, I would tell you five days, which is not really five days because you get to count from 10 o'clock till 2 o'clock as two days. You get good time, work time, and then he got eight hours of community service. I tell you that this was not a, a sweetheart deal, except for one fact, um, which you did not mention. He does have a horrible history you know, many, many years ago. Uh, being in a crash and driver and reportedly his brother being killed in that crash. In my experience, and I've done hundreds, if not thousands of these much earlier in my career, uh, those, those are the kinds of facts that will set off a prosecutor. But here, they did arrange it. The reason I believe that they went in yesterday was they didn't want him to have to appear today or uh, yesterday. Um, so they did what's called a 977 waiver of presence for sentencing, which you can do if the judge is on board. And so the five days, he's not going to do five days. He'll do eight hours of community service. He'll be put on probation. He will, however, and I know you've watched the body cams. One of the other things that I think somebody would argue, his lawyer would say, look, you can't have him do field sobriety tests. He's just been a major accident. He's 82 years old and he's in a and he's totaled his Porsche. Um, and then the last thing I'll say to you, Jesse, to your point about cash being exchanged, it is a misdemeanor and you can, you know, there's nothing illegal in a misdemeanor case with you uh, paying off uh, somebody who's been injured. And it depends on what the amount is, I suppose, but the insurance company can pay for the car and that doesn't stop you from writing a check. All right. Well, Mark Aragos, there is a poor guy that works at a vineyard who's just had his car totaled and who's been injured by a man worth $300 million. Would you be interested in maybe taking up this man's case to see if he could be I, um, made whole? The mother, <laughs> made whole. The mother of the lawyer, the mother of the lawyer has not been born, Jesse, who wouldn't take that case in a contingency. <laughs>
stand up for what America's all about. And so there's a group of people that are saying, hey, uh, somebody better say something. So I'm out here saying what I'm going to say. And uh, so I want to give a shout out to some people that believe like I do. And that's uh, Israel Garcia or Izzy Garcia. He runs Little Billy's Excavator and Backhoe Service here in Yuba County, but he serves all over uh, Northern California. So if you need any excavator or backhoe service, you need ditches cleaned out, made, created. You need to cut a cut a path to get your uh, house built up in the hills, or you need culvert work done, road work repaired, whatever you need to do. He'll help you. Uh, he's fair. He's easy to work with. You can text him or call him at 530-300-6010. He lives up in Loma Rica. A lot of people up in Loma Rica have their own ponds where they have fish and ducks and everything, and then they use that water if they need to fight fire because they're up in the foothills. They don't have hydrants up there. You need to maintain your own uh, water situation. So uh, that's Little Billy's Excavator and Backhoe Service, 530-300-6010. And I, I was with uh, Will Fanning last night. We were helping a single mother. She's having a tough time. She got abused by uh, uh, her partner, and uh, cars thrashed. So we were out trying to start her car in the middle of a parking lot last night, Will Fanning with All Power Services. And so ended up having to tow it over. And before I could even hardly get off the phone with the tow company, he had the thing over there and fixed already today. So uh, we fixed her car and we're going to get her hooked up. But we got her a job. She's got a little job making money. We're getting her moved and helping her out. So uh, all power services, Will Fanning, these guys fix them and get you your stuff back right away. So they work on all kinds of power equipment and cars, trucks, big rigs, uh, compressors, uh, water blasters, anything that has power to it and motors involved in it, they fix. So 530, you can text or call them, Will Fanning, 530-844-0347. They have a crew working over there. I was out at their shop a couple times this week, 1469 Stewart Road, Yuba City. That's just south of Yuba City, really easy to get to. Just fly down Highway 99 and uh, take... Take Stewart Road to the uh, west, and in just in about three minutes, you're right there in the sh in the parking lot. So you can email them at allpower1469 at gmail.com if you wish, but you can just show up and or call him at five three zero eight four four zero three four seven if you want, or text him, and he will hook you up and get you done free. That's two in just one week. That's two ladies that he's fixed their car that. Uh, just immediately, boom! He just knocked it out and sent it back right out with him. And I think one was a one was a Toyota today was a Toyota, and the other one was a Honda the other day. So uh, anyway, all power services, check them out. They're a great help to us. Also, uh, Ira Burroughs, who was fired by the uh, San Francisco Fire Department, so amazing, so amazing and wicked. Those people are down there. He's worked there for fourteen years, had a huge career going commuted down it's got five kids and a wife ira and gina burroughs so in in the midst of wondering what they're going to do i guess they have a, a class action suit firing up as firefighters are now going to sue and i'm sure law enforcement's going to sue the city of san francisco for firing for not taking the jab and killing yourself by the way do you notice how many people your friends are dying i would you know i'm just shocked as people i know all over the place not necessarily close friends, but just acquaintances in the community, just dropping dead of all ages everywhere. 
And uh, in fact, the statistics, the uh, death statistics all over the United States are skyrocketing. I'm going to talk about more about that later. Uh, from young people, you know, there was a day when young people, you couldn't, I, you, like I mentioned last week, somebody let me know about it, said, Lou, you were exactly right. I was thinking about, I, I, I asked people to think about last week, think about going to school K through 12 and count how many kids that you knew died. You'll have a hard time remembering anybody. I had a couple, but they were uh, died by drowning or some kind of an accident, not by vaccines, not by some bug or whatever. So uh, anyway, why why ask Junk Angel? That's I run Gina Burroughs. Instead of taking the jab, they started a garbage hauling company and junk calling company. So if you got anything, you, any property you want to clean up or you want to muck out something and you don't want to haul it yourself it's too much for the garbage company to pick up you got it you got uh you know thousand pounds of stuff or 500 pounds of stuff they will pick it up for you and haul it off ysjunkangel.com but you can reach them text or or uh phone them at 530-329-3113 three all right let's get back at it here and uh we appreciate all those guys helping and uh, we're all just working at this together so our assemblyman we just consider uh kevin kiley uh our assemblyman up here even though he doesn't really we don't get to vote for him and, and he's ending his career by the way kevin kiley he's just south of us here but he's so effective and our assemblyman is not uh we just support kevin and so Kevin is running for, uh, by the way, if you want to donate to a great guy who's running for uh, U.S. Congress, that's Kevin Kiley. And it's a new district that they were created because we lost a congressman, you know, uh, because so many people are leaving California. We actually had to re, how they call it, redistrict because we, we didn't have as many congressmen as we used to have. We lost one. Uh, because based on, remember, the Senate is based on two representatives per state. And the Congress is based on population. So if you gain population, you add congressmen. If you lose population, you lose congressmen. So anyway, uh, the cool thing is I'm in Yuba County. I'm in the Valley, so I can't vote for Kevin Kiley because he represents people up in the foothills. He represents several counties, but he's got a win to really represent us. So anyway, I follow his blog and... uh, so he, he, he writes two models for the nation. I'm not going to read. I'm just going to hit the high points. He said Newsom, Governor Newsom, has started a new video series attacking Republicans. He calls it hypocrite or fraud. And so he says this is the governor who dined at the French Laundry while locking everyone else down. The French Laundry, if you don't know about the French Laundry, it's, it's a very uh, gourmet, expensive, ex, you know, uh, well, I, I, I'm lacking the words to say it's a, a place that most people can't afford to go. Uh, and it's supposedly very good food. And it's in it's in uh, California over in the Napa winery area called the French Laundry. So he was dining there with all of his friends while insisting that everybody else lock their businesses down and mask up and stay six feet apart and all that stuff. Right. So uh, in the meantime, he sent his kids to in-person private schools. He also sent his kids to camp that were without masks, you know, camp, 
get away, have fun, while other kids couldn't go or they had to wear masks. He closed public schools while he kept his kid in private school. He vacationed in Montana while he w- wouldn't let uh, anybody that works for the state of California to travel to Montana because they were such uh, homophobes and stuff. So, But he wanted to go up there, and, and uh, we had a red state travel ban. Uh, we, in other words, no employees of the state of California could travel to any red state, right, because they're such wicked people. Um, so Newsom recently, his antics have gone so far as uh, – he ran delusional ads. Did you? I don't know if you saw them. They were unbelievable uh, on Florida TV. He's giving a hundred thousand dollars to the opponent of Ron DeSantis. Do you think that's really going to make a difference? Uh, he's actually uh, fighting with the governor of Texas and the governor of Alabama. Uh, he, he considers California the model for the nation uh, on homelessness, uh, according to Kylie. He said our spending uh, has is now 28 times what it was. It's now $14 billion a year uh, to give to the homeless population. He says, meanwhile, Californians are being told to shorten their showers, stop watering their lawns, turn off the lights, shut down the AC, don't don't uh, recharge your car. This is the model for the nation. Less is more, Right. So he says the choice between the two models is lockdowns, controlled decay, or freedom, self-government, prosperity. And he says that's going to be on the ballot this year. Uh, He says, as Californians, Kylie says, we've experienced the worst of the first model. We have a unique role in making sure America chooses the second model. So uh, this is another uh, comment by Chris Ann Hall. And uh, I love this. It's called, I wrote the title. She didn't have a title on it. I put principles, like like I have principles, right? We operate by principles. She's, so Chris Ann writes, no one is ever forced to go against their principles. You ever said that? Oh, oh, I have these principles, but I was forced to go against them. Here's her perspective. No one is ever forced to go against their principles. People always choose based upon principle. If you do something contrary to your principle, based upon an ultimatum, you actually choose comfort and declared it was never actually a principle. It was just kind of a preference. You see what I'm getting at? Principles, she said, are non-negotiable, right? Principles, she said, are non-negotiable. They are what we live and die for. So a lot of people says, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, they wanted me to do this. I don't agree with it. It's getting my, against my principles, but I went ahead and did it. She said, those aren't actually principles you gave up. So I love, uh, I used to watch Groucho Marx with my father and mother in the early days of TV. And I used to think it was hilarious, even as a youngster. So Groucho Marx, one of the Marx brothers, M-A-R-X Marx, uh, he said, those are my principles. And if you don't like those, well, I have others. That's what she's talking about. Exactly. That's what Chris Ann Hall's saying, that those really aren't principles, but Marx is mocking it as well in his own way. Now, uh, you remember the, the, uh, the Democrats, the liberals of the country are saying we don't have to have, you shouldn't enforce an ID. In fact, I, I may have a clip this time about the voter ID 
In other words, the idea is racist, that to actually ask a person to tell you their name, you should just be able to let anybody vote that's wanted, that wants to, whether they're registered to vote, whether they're, uh, whether they, no matter what ethnicity they are, whether, whether they're from this country or not, we shouldn't, particularly black people, the suggestion is that black people aren't smart enough <coughs> to <coughs> manage to get an ID. So, Anyway, the interesting thing is, in and this article says, I guess in in New York, you know how kids always are trying to do something odd to get a buzz on or get high. So I guess in in the whipped cream cans, right? You can get the whipped cream in the little in the little tub, or you can get whipped cream in a can where you spray it, right? Well, the, in order to get the spray out, why does it come out like that and have power? It's uh, a thing called nitrous oxide, but so kids play around and sp- spray it in their mouth, changes their vocal cords. But so now they got a new law, right? Had to have a law instead of just telling kids not to do that. They got a new law that you cannot buy the whipped cream under pressure unless you have an ID, right? And uh, I don't know whether there's a certain. Oh yeah, and you can't buy. You can't even buy a canister of whipped cream unless you're. You can go to war and you can shoot people, but you can't get a whipped cream canister in New York if you're under 21 years of age. Is that unbelievable? So it's interesting that that military guys can go overseas, youngsters, 18, right? You can get in the military, probably you can get in at 17. So you're out there killing people at 18, 19, and uh, setting bombs off and firing rockets and doing, you know, do all the wild thing. And then they say, well, you can't drink over here. <laughs> And you can't, and you can't have a whip. You can't have whipped cream. I mean, you could get it in the tub, but you can't buy the canister unless you're 21. And you got to prove it with a. They're carding you, right? They're carding you. And but but if you go to the if you go to vote, one of the most important things you'll do with in your life is to vote, right? You, you don't need an ID. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Voltaire. You heard of Voltaire? Um, you should look him up. He says, is politics nothing other than the art of deliberately lying? I, I'm, I'm, a Vol- I'm all of a sudden a Voltaire fan. Our, our supervisors are all liars. Oh, actually, I might think a one isn't, but, but basically they're liars. Nine out of ten. And nine out of ten of them actually took hundreds of thousands of dollars each for the PPP, you remember that payroll protection plan? And uh, you could, if you turned in, if you figured, you know, followed a little form, filled, filled out the form, swore to it, signed a document, and said, this is what your payroll is, this is my my rent is, my, my utilities are, right? Then the government would send you a check. And so people like uh, Ziegenmeyer, that is a is a supervisor over there in, in Sutter Sutter County. He he got over three hundred thousand dollars, and all these all these PPP they started out calling them grants or loans, but then they they forgave them all. So some people got some of the supervisors got hundreds of thousand dollars. Some people and like a hundred and something thousand. Some got two hundred thousand. Some three hundred thousand. Right, and they were getting paid as supervisors. They 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 didn't miss pay. They didn't miss a cup of coffee. They didn't miss lunch. They didn't miss a, their retirement. 
uh, and their businesses ran. But Mike Ziegemeyer told a friend of mine, he says, oh, well, you know, we really struggled and, and that money was really handy. I thought, you know something, this is a guy that claims to be a Republican and claims to support the Constitution, but there's nothing in the Constitution of paying businessmen when, when things got tough, right? It didn't say, oh, if there, you know, we'll pay if there's an earthquake. We'll pay if there's a, a plague like COVID. We'll pay if there's an attack by a foreign enemy. We'll, we'll pay all your bills. You remember when Bush said, George Bush, the last one? He says the banks are too big to fail. Remember at the housing crisis in 2007 and 8 when your house went from worth $300,000 and overnight it was worth 198000 and you still owed like more than that on it. And yet the banks uh, got these checks. People didn't get checks, but banks got bailed out because of their bad business plan. There's nothing in the Constitution for that. There's nothing in the Constitution to give away money like the government gave it away, whether you thought you earned it or not. And I talked last week about the fact that isn't it interesting how everybody's so got all these what we call principles like, oh, I'm against welfare, unless they get it. Oh, I'm against I'm against subsidies, unless they get it, right? It's hypocritical. That's why the country is in the shape it's in, because people have got used to think of looking to the government to get some money from them. So they just tap into that money. Uh, this question is, would you be upset? This is a Chris Ann Hall question again. Would you be upset if your governor or local representative received campaign financing from China or Russia? Would that bother you? If, if China gave so much money that they controlled the election. She says you should be equally upset if they receive money from anyone outside your state or, or your district. It's all foreign funds. Isn't it interesting? So would you, you think it's a problem if a Sutter County donor donates big time to Yuba County, across uh, cross County? She's saying, hey, it's all foreign funds. And that's uh, if you want to follow up and follow some of the teachings. By the way, I've not met a, a constitutional teacher uh, that's as good as Chris Ann Hall. Uh, and I have other teachers around the country I've met or talked to on the phone that says Chris Ann Hall has a unique way of unpacking where the Constitution came from and why it's the way it is. So if you want to get in on that or you want their, your kids to learn from Chris Ann, which, by the way, the local school system is not teaching this, you can go to libertyfirstsociety.com, libertyfirstsociety.com. All right, so uh, we're about ready to finish our second segment, and let me just read this to you, and, and I think we're going to w- wind it down. Anne Rand wrote, When you see that in order to produce, you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing. When you see that money is flowing to those who deal not in goods but in favors. When you see that men get richer by graft and by pull than by work, and your laws don't protect you against them but protect them against you. When you see corruption being rewarded and honesty becoming a self-sacrifice, you may know that your society is doomed. Ann Rand, A-Y-N, Rand, R-A-N-D. You can look up Ann Rand quotes and see what she, she said that in 1957 in a book called Atlas Shrugged. Be right back. (laughs) 
California, again, crushing all of the competition. More venture capital in this state than New York, Florida, Texas, combined by multiples. Uh, the more business startups this year than any previous uh, year. We had more IPOs, wildly successful IPOs. The housing markets remain strong because that supply-demand equation uh, only reinforces. Even if someone leaves, there's tremendous demand to come in this state. But I don't think we're going to come back. We're going to come roaring back. And I can assure you, if I talk to you in six months, we're going to be in a completely different place. And new at six, for the second year in a row, California's population is shrinking. Nearly 650,000 people left California in 2020. More than 82,000 of those moved to Texas. 275,000 people left California in 2021. Holy moly. California will continue to fight and continue to lead the fight to keep our people safe. All the numbers are up from homicides to property crime, leaving California's top prosecutor, its attorney general, to stress violent crime in California up 6.7% last year as compared to 2020, with homicides leading that increase up more than 7%. And of the thousands of homicides reported statewide last year, 75%, three quarters of all the murders committed involved firearms, guns. Everything's going to be okay. With the arrest rate statewide dropping more than 7% last year alone, crime is up and the arrest rate is down. Even if someone leaves, there's tremendous demand to come in this state. Simply not true. I see what you see. I see what you've been covering. I see what everybody's seen and asking myself what the hell is going on. Welcome back to Unfiltered. Listen, the shock of all shocks. Mark Zuckerberg admitting to Joe Rogan on his podcast that not only did Facebook censor the Hunter Biden laptop story, but it was the FBI who pushed him to do it. The FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. I know bombshells overused in the media. That's a bombshell. Joining me now is Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Congresswoman, thanks for joining us. I just want you to hear one more portion of this interview where Zuckerberg, he gets pressed by Rogan about the specific Hunter Biden laptop story. Take a listen to mm -hmm. this. This is the worst part. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was it basically fit the pattern. So, Congressman, they walk into Facebook, they wink and nod Russian disinformation and Facebook takes that as a cue to censor information that's negative about Joe Biden right before an election. This is election interference textbook. Absolutely it is. Mark Zuckerberg said the quiet part out loud on Joe Rogan's podcast. He said that the FBI worked with Facebook and other platforms to silence the Hunter Biden laptop from hell story right before the 2020 elections. You're right. That is election interference. 
Mark and and uh, and you know um, that he knew what was going on. He needs to own up to it. What's so important about Zuckerberg admitting to colluding with the federal government is that this once again proves Facebook censorship isn't just a private entity acting alone, but this yes. makes Facebook a state actor, and therefore the full First Amendment protections apply. Never again do I want to hear another member of Congress say, oh, but Facebook is a private company. No, they're a state actor silencing, suppressing, and reducing the distribution of speech. They need to be treated as such. And we uh, we protect free speech here. And they destroyed the DHS's uh, and, and we destroyed the DHS's disinformation board. Facebook should take note how serious we are about protecting America's right to free speech. Congresswoman, I am so glad you brought that up. I, it is, these are not private actors. There's established court rulings. The government cannot deputize people right. to do what the government can't do itself. And then we had Alex Berenson, Congresswoman, too. Alex Berenson under attack by Twitter that apparently was communicating with the White House. Uh, unfortunately, I'm out of time, but I'm so glad you brought that up. That's an excellent point. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Dan. Democrats like to say that no one needs an AR-15 for self-defense. That no one could possibly need all 30 rounds. But when this rifle is the only thing standing between your family and a dozen angry Democrats in Klan hoods, you just might need that semi-automatic and all 30 rounds. Hey, ladies, did you know that they have opened up a new store in New York City? Anybody heard about the new store in New York City? It's called the Husband Store. And you can go there and shop for a husband. There are six floors in this store. <laughs> You can only visit each floor one time, though. And each floor you go up, the value increases. You may choose any item from any particular floor, but you cannot, you can go up a floor, but you cannot go back down. So there was a woman who went to the husband's store to find herself a husband. On the first floor, the sign on the door read, these men have jobs. That sounded good. These men have jobs. Floor two says, these men have jobs and love kids. Floor number three said, these men have jobs, love kids, and are extremely good looking. Wow, she thought, this is sounding pretty good, but I'm compelled to go on to the next floor. Well, she does go to the fourth floor and the sign reads, these men have jobs, love kids, are drop dead, good looking, and they help with the housework. Oh, mercy me, she said, I can hardly stand it. Still, she said, I've got to go on. She went to the fifth floor. These men have jobs, love kids, are drop dead, gorgeous, help with the housework, and have a very strong romantic streak.
But she couldn't stand it. She decided she had to just find out what was on floor number six. Floor number six said, you are visitor 31,456. To this floor, there are no men on this floor. This floor exists solely as proof that women are impossible to please. We're into our third segment, and let me uh, give a shout out to uh, some of my favorite people that we're all working together, putting the word out here, and that's Elite Universal Security, Monty Hecker. I just saw where they were advertising for guards, and they were going to train guards and come and get your guard card so you can go to work for them. And that said, they said, go to api-academy.com. I can't remember where, whether it was on Facebook or one of the social media, I think it was. And they said, hey, come on and be a guard with us at api-academy.com. So I don't know where you're located, obviously. But if you're located anywhere in Northern California, these boys might put you to work. And you don't have to have any experience. You just have to be a good guy or good gal. And they will put you to work. And... They have all kinds of workers. They even have mechanics. They have dispatchers. They have office workers. And then they have people that do different types of guard work. So Elite Universal Security, they're operating out of Yuba County. But as I mentioned, they they serve throughout uh, Northern California. They also help you get your uh, weapons permit. If you're a private individual, you don't have to go to work for them. Or you could you can learn how to use some of the chemicals that you can spray to protect yourself. Uh, so go to, you can go to their website. I mentioned their api-academy.com and also eliteuniversalsecurity.com. You can reach them at 530-749-0280 if you want to go to work for them or if you want them to go to work for you. 530-749-0280. They will keep yours, your, your stuff, your stuff, and they'll keep people out of your business. So uh, give them a shout out. Also, uh, Dave Green, it's construction. Dave and I are working on a project over here, a volunteer project at E Street in Marysville. We're getting close to making it look really pretty. And Dave is working on a plaque to commemorate the uh, family that donated the property to us. And uh, he was just emailing me earlier tonight. But I want to give a shout out because his kitchens and baths, I just, they, they're jaw dropping, is ac- actually what they are. And it's not just him, he's a sharp leader. And uh, a great uh, guy working with customers to make sure they're happy and make sure they get what they want. But they've got a great team of subcontractors that uh, do everything from the tile, the lighting, the painting, all that kind of stuff. But he has got his own crews that actually do the work, putting it all together and getting it ready so it looks super duper. So you can look at it. You don't even need to call them. You can just sneak, do a sneak peek by going to this these two uh, sites, Greenets, that's green, the color, with E-T-Z on the end, GreenettsConstruction.com. Or you could go over to Facebook and go to uh, Dave Greenets Construction Facebook page. And check out the before and afters. And and actually, the latest one, he showed the before, the the line drawing of how it was a kitchen, a little kitchen, and then an office. And they knocked out the the wall and they put put the whole thing together and made a big old room 
all kitchen looked beautiful then it showed before and after and all that kind of stuff so if you want to dial him up or text him same number 530-682-9602 so i want to mention uh that i mentioned last week about the little uh, flare-up we had with marysville joint unified school district that is in yuba county it it uh it's not the only school district in yuba county but it's the major one and um, so the Sutter Yuba Republican women uh, have been moving their meetings around for the summer for fun and to mix it up. And they've been having a lot of meetings over in Yuba County, which is a new approach. They've been most of their meetings in the past have been in Sutter County. So they're up there and they're going to do a uh, Constitution Day uh, picnic starting at 11 o'clock at Sycamore Ranch up uh, on the 17th. That's a Saturday. And it starts again at 11 o'clock, and uh, it's just right out um, east of Marysville up Highway 20. And so you can find out all about it if you go to their website at SYRepublicanWomen, plural, SYRepublicanWomen.com. Find out all about it, how to register. Uh, I think it's a $10 fee. And you can bring your own food if you want. Otherwise, I think they have some other stuff up there. They'll be providing food there if you just want to go and hang out and not take any responsibility for that other stuff. Anyway, here's one of the cool things that kind of stirred everybody up. They wanted to do, they thought it would be really cool to stimulate our youth and to reward them is to spend, get them to spend some time studying the Constitution since it's Constitution Day. And also uh, write essays, and then they would be judged, and they've, they've got a panel of judges they're working on. And so they have first, second, and third prizes, 500 300 and $200. And there will probably be some other prizes as well. So in, in uh, reaching out to the schools to say, hey, we're going to have this Constitution Day. By the way, you know, you actually take an oath to defend the Constitution and support the Constitution and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, can you just let them know uh, that we're going to have this? And if they want to participate, they can just go onto our website and download all the rules and they can submit their essays because it's coming up. And so all the school districts pretty much supported it, except Marysville Joint Unified. And I don't know what changed their mind. I'm not sure. I don't I didn't do a survey. But uh, I know a lot of people got stirred up because on my website, or excuse me, on my faith, Facebook site, Live with Lou, uh, we posted uh, the the information about the essay, and then we mentioned that Marysville Joint Unified, uh, for, for those students over there, uh, they weren't going to promote it over there, so get your information elsewhere and still participate. So anyway, I don't, there were, uh, I just looked the other day, I think that, that, that post has been read by 6,300 plus people and it's been shared over a hundred times. So a lot of people started looking at that and wondered why would our schools that are actually supposed to be teaching about the constitution and the founding of the country, why would they be opposed to that? So anyway, a guy, he's the, um, he used to work down in Riverside and make over $200,000 a year working down there and administrating a school and um, so Jay Trujillo uh, had a chat with uh, the, the leaders of Sutter Yuba Republican women and said, you know, we're going to go ahead and do this. We have second thoughts. We're going to go ahead and distribute that. And so uh, anyway, 
my hope is that uh, they actually do follow through and do what they say. You know, you you know, isn't it interesting? Sometimes you you actually get to where you don't trust people in government. They tell you one thing, but they don't do what they say. Have you you noticed that? Some people say it's worse here than elsewhere. I ha- I don't get out much, so I'm not sure. But some people say that's the truth. So the other thing that was very disturbing, and I mentioned it last week, I'm going to men- I'm going to keep talking about it until supervisors and school board members learn to behave themselves. But when people come to talk about an issue, they know it's a hot issue. Lots of people show up. Instead of welcoming them and and giving them uh, preferential treatment uh, to speak right as soon as they get there, instead of pushing them to the end of the meeting and making them wear them out, make them sit there for three hours, it's it's the rudest thing. And then, uh, and particularly in Sutter County Board of Supervisors, they were going to put Measure A on the ballot. And a lot of people came at 3 or 3.30 in the afternoon. What else goes on at 3 or 3.30? Kids got to be taken here, there, and everywhere. Meals need to be made, right, for dinner in a couple hours. So instead of, like, being deferential, uh, and people took time off work to come, instead of being deferential, they uh, punished them for coming by making them wait for three hours, and many of them left. So that happened at both the school board meeting and the evening meeting where the people that about the essay contest went to express their gratefulness and their pleasure that the school district was supporting Constitution Day and thanked them. Instead, they, uh, they, waited so, they pushed it so far out that they couldn't wait any longer, and they left. And then at the Board of Supervisors meeting in Sutter County, they kicked them to the curb and uh, so uh, it made it appear that there was a lot of people that supported it, but not so many people that were against it. And I just say to you, uh, supervisors and leaders, you're just full of crap. And uh, I despise you. And I have no respect for you in the least for doing that, including the leaders of the school, uh, Falani or whatever your name is, uh, running the school system. And also, uh, Steve Smith over Sutter County. No respect at all, dude. No respect at all. You were the lowest of the low. And uh, there's no reason why, if you want to have an open meeting and you want to give people their say, right? You don't have to do it, right? We know that. But give people their say and give them a chance to exercise their constitutional right to speak to you when you're having particularly the Sutter County meeting in the middle of the day, the most dis, you know, isn't it interesting that most of government is organized to serve government employees, but not serve the public who they claim they're, they're public servants. They're really, we should call them self servants. Peggy Hall calls them public serpents, serpents, snakes, right? Because they, they don't tell you the truth. They're not transparent. They hide things from you. By the way, this is interesting. I just found out today. This is something new. Uh, I didn't realize this, but I thought that um, the the administrative part of the county needed to inform, uh, prepare, and inform, and present to the board of supervisors uh, what they're going to spend money on. 
and so the supervisors could look it over and agree or disagree with it. But I just found out today that both boards of supervisors, I'm told, have no idea what the government is spending its money on. They don't approve it. And basically, we vote for these five individuals. They claim they're representing us and watching the till and managing the, pro- the policies. But really, it's the CAO. It's, it's uh, Kevin Mallon in Yuba County and Sutter County. It's, it's a guy named Steve Smith. And they just run the county like a business. We don't get to elect those two people or say who's going to be appointed or hired to do those jobs. But those people run the county and the supervisors are clueless. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call the supervisors. You can look it up. I I was going to tell you to go to freedomco.net, but I was just told that their um, website is now being rebuilt. And I don't even know whether you can find your supervisors or city council people on the, uh, on that website, freedomco.net. You might try, but you could, you could email. It used to be, you could email. Uh, or contact your supervisor or city council member. And here's a question for them. What mechanism do you have every week when you meet together and to know or to authorize millions of dollars that are being spent every month? What mechanism do you have? Do you even know what's being spent? How would you know if somebody isn't spending uh, like buying 100,000 condoms or something stupid? Or something you wouldn't agree with. Or something you might question and you say, hey, I don't I think we need to go out for a bid on that, right? I'm told that the supervisors are not they do not get a list, they are not briefed, and they don't know Jack Diddley what the money is being spent. They just they don't authorize it. I thought I thought all these years, I thought they literally had to vote and authorize the upcoming payments of bills that are being paid. And if they wanted to question any of them, they could question it and pull it off and discuss it. So isn't that an interesting thing? If you wonder, it's like, if you think, well, you don't know what's going on as a, as a citizen, as a voter, you don't have any, but you're trusting that the guy you just voted for, the lady you just voted for is like, got her eye on the ball, man, looking at that. I was told today you're wrong, and I was told today in this in the school system. I thought when when I was on the school board for Yuba County Office of Education, we had to approve that kind of stuff. I don't know, maybe maybe I missed that. I don't know, maybe I'm just dreaming that we have some kind of a way to monitor what our money's being spent on. But I was told today that neither Yuba and Sutter County, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to try to figure out how much Yuba County has grown. Government is growing. Why is government growing? Why why does it have to grow so much? And it's out of control. It's out of control. It just and and it's interesting to me the very people that say they're quote unquote conservative or Republican are voting time and time again and giving the okay to Steve Smith and Kevin Mallon to expand government. And every time government expanded expands your freedoms decrease. As government increases, your freedoms decrease. As government increases, your money, when your money is your speech, your money. 
And as your more money is taken from you, even the Constitution recognizes that, that your money is your speech. That's why it says in the Constitution of California and the United States that the government cannot take your money that they took from you in taxes and turn around and lobby you for more taxes. It's a violation of your free speech. But you know what they do? They do exact that, exactly that. In fact, Yuba County and Sutter County both are doing that. They're hiring the same firms, the same PR people, the same people that are convincing them how to, how to get more money out of the population, and the Lou Edwards group, right? They're same people. There's nothing new under the sun. They're just the same thieves and robbers in Sutter County that they are in Yuba County. So uh, that's just that's what we're up against. It's trouble, trouble, trouble. Okay. Uh, all right. Let me see where I was going here. Uh, <laughs> this is amazing. You know, I have a few firefighter friends that uh, are retired now, and they listen. And uh, I thought they would like this. Vancouver, B.C., Vancouver in Canada. They think they're going to be the first city in Canada with an electric fire truck. Now, I want you guys, you firefighters, give me some feedback on this, baby. The electric fire truck will cost 300000 You know, firefighters just love fire trucks. And the new, when they get a new fire truck, they just all, they even have input on how the design is on the fire truck. They have input on the design of that. It's not just like, oh, you just buy one off the showroom floor. And uh, it's pretty cool. And Yuba City, when I was a chaplain over there, they they actually had a number of new rigs they ended up with. So this electric fire truck will cost $300,000, not just for the truck, $300,000 more than the diesel models. The, the, big, the big fire engine and the fire trucks are all diesels, right? And so this, this electric unit's going to cost $300,000 more. It will pump, you know, pump pump the water even though it costs three hundred thousand dollars more it's going to pump 40 percent less water and it needs a diesel extender engine to make it useful now isn't this ridiculous you're going to create this huge electric truck it's going to cost you three hundred thousand more but you actually have to have an extra diesel engine on it to make the truck work right I don't know, people, you know, and, and there's more and more articles about, uh, in fact, I have an article here today, but I don't think I'll be able to have time, that the electric companies, it doesn't say PG&E, I think it's Southern Cal Edison or Southern Edison or, I can't remember the exact name, it's the, <clears throat> it's the Southern California Utility Company, and they're saying, the top dogs down there are saying, they <laughs> If, if everybody starts plugging in electric vehicles, we don't have enough juice to power them. Isn't it interesting when they tell you, like PG&E up here in the north, they say, hey, uh, help us conserve electricity in high-use times. Don't power up your electric vehicle. Well, listen, it's not like don't go to the gas station. That thing is going to need to be powered up over a period of long, long hours. Like overnight, that thing's got to be powered up or all day to go and, and run and now they're saying oh we, we can't afford if everybody powers up their, their electric vehicle and and they want us to go all electric here within the next 10 years or so did you notice that did you read this that that joe biden isn't this sad biden is uh he's the poster boy for dementia and uh 
he's really I, I I was thinking what is he analogous to he's analogous to a condom you know there's no pleasure in a condom uh and it just gets used and tossed away it has a purpose but it's a really a temporary purpose and then it just gets thrown thrown in the garbage it's not a pretty thing to see it's just a collector of a mess and uh, Joe got C's and D's in college. He was in the bottom 10% of his class. He failed law school class because of plagiarism. That's one thing if you fail because you just didn't get a good grade. But he actually cheated. He dropped out of the 1988 presidential race because he cheated. He plagiarized, right? He even failed the third grade, they say. You know, the sad thing is that... Uh, Joe, just like Clinton, was symbolic as a, of the moral state of the nation, and that's why he got elected twice. Joe is, is also uh, symbolic of the corruption in our nation. We'll be right back. we got half the show still to do. Hang in there. Ripped apart the threads of society. They shattered families. They shamed us with lurid images of patients on ventilators. They called us granny killers. They called us COVIDiots. Well, who are the idiots now? CNN medical analyst Dr. Liana Wen, one of the most vocal, vulgarian proponents of brutalist authoritarianism throughout the entire pandemic. The woman who relentlessly dehumanized and called for discrimination against the unvaccinated. It needs to be hard for people to remain unvaccinated. The woman who insisted the unvaccinated shouldn't even be allowed to go outside. You have the option to not get vaccinated if you want, but then you can't go out in public. The woman who said people who don't wear masks should be ostracized from society because they can't be trusted. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated, that they have been walking around without masks. The woman who said children returning to school should be forced to wear industrial grade face masks. We have so many adults letting down their guard, not wearing masks, not getting vaccinated. Type of mask also matters. Ideally, KN95 or N95, if the child is able to tolerate that, if not, at least a three-ply surgical mask. Cloth masks are not enough. Well, she's suddenly changed the tune, hasn't she? But only after mask wearing seriously damaged the cognitive functioning of her own son. In an op-ed for the Washington Post, Wen acknowledges, quote, masking has harmed our son's language development. We have so many adults not wearing masks. She also had admits that mask wearing has negatively affected his childhood, impairing his social interactions. Oh, if only someone had been desperately trying to point out for the lion's share of the past two and a half years that this was all happening. Oh yeah, we did, time and time again. And we were called crackpots, swivel-eyed loons, science deniers, and every other slur under the sun. Studies showing masks were causing kids' IQs to drop as much as 22 points. Education experts warning forcing kids to wear masks was causing psychological trauma. Child speech therapists sounding the alarm and being ignored. Babies start learning how to speak by reading lips as young as eight months. So what happens when lips and faces are covered up by masks. We're seeing a lot of things that look just like autism. They're not making any word attempts and not communicating at all. 
with their family. Ofsted reports detailing serious and long-lasting delays in learning caused by lockdown restrictions. Lockdown restrictions causing soaring child depression, self-harm and eating disorders. And aside from the health impacts, both mental and physical, the mask was deified as a holy sacrament and adopted as an ideological uniform. Those who refused to join the cult were vilified and monstered. Now the media has the temerity to order people to be nice to mask wearers. Despite everything we know, this coming autumn and winter, many countries will try to reimpose mask mandates anyway. And I'm sure that those imposing the rules will continue to dutifully obey them. And the sheer nerve of Fauci as he scuttles away into retirement to claim that lockdowns caused minimal damage. Well, I don't think it's forever irreparably damaged anyone. A report by The Telegraph based on official figures from the Office for National Statistics says that the effects of lockdown are now killing more people than COVID-19. Cases of undetected cancers, cardiac problems, and serious mental health conditions are surging. With excess deaths 14.4% higher than the five-year average, roughly a 1,000 a week in the UK. There are now 9 million people People on the NHS waiting list, a backlog that is only growing. Duke, Harvard and Johns Hopkins experts say lockdown will cause one million excess deaths. Stanford University professor of medicine Jay Batakaria said that in years to come, lockdowns will be looked back on as the most catastrophically harmful policy in all of history. We told you that over and over again. And how were we treated? Publicly ridiculed, witch-hunted, deplatformed, banned, censored. YouTube has now quietly amended its COVID misinformation policy. Now it's permitted to question whether vaccines prevent COVID-19 infections. Now it's permitted to question the effectiveness of social distancing. Now it's permitted to say masks don't work. But all the people who fell victim to those arbitrary rules in the first place, many of them esteemed doctors and scientists, they're not getting an apology and they're not getting their accounts back. Let's not forget the multitude of indignities that we were forced to endure. Police harassing people for sitting on park benches, haranguing people for sunbathing on the grass. Guys, you can't stay on the green. Can you all go home? Can you all go home, please? It's not a holiday. It's a lockdown, which means you don't just come in and sunbathe. Can you please just leave? Surveillance drones tracking down people for walking their dogs in open countryside. Families banned from attending the funerals of loved ones. Prevented from holding the hands of dying relatives. Children denied life-saving organ transplants because their parents were unjabbed. At one stage, they even considered abducting kids from their own parents and sending them to quarantine camps. And I said, Jeremy, the British public will not stand for mothers and fathers and families and children being removed from their family and their home and put in isolation. He says, who said they won't? The establishment endorsed demonization of the unvaccinated, the repeated brutalization of protesters who dared to assert that this was all wrong. Tell me the law that I have broken by being here today. Tell me what law I have broken. You cannot tell me any law that I've broken. We were terrified, intimidated, 
by sinister, weaponized propaganda. Cruelly designed to elicit unquestioning obedience based on fear, bullied, browbeaten by ominous daily death tolls. Where's the interest in publishing the daily totals of non-COVID excess deaths that are now ravaging the UK? There's a deafening silence. Perhaps a hope that it will all just go away. But it's not going away, is it? Rishi Sunak, then Chancellor and current candidate for Prime Minister, has gone public with what was happening inside 10 Downing Street at the time. They didn't even carry out a basic cost-benefit analysis of lockdown. You carry out a cost-benefit analysis when planning a summer holiday. But the government doing a cost-benefit analysis for locking down the entire country closing schools and shutting off the economy, the social harms, the serious untreated illnesses, depression, loneliness, suicide, poverty, the cognitive impairment of children, nothing, literally none of that was ever even considered. Top cabinet members weren't even told what was happening. He said his heroic efforts to avert disaster were deleted from the official records of meetings he attended. If that's true, if minutes of meetings affecting government policy were doctored, then Sunak's claims demand criminal investigation and jail time for those responsible, including bigwigs with letters after their names, who presumably knew the truth of it as well and kept their mouths shut, while people needlessly died miserable deaths endured miserable lives and the country was driven off a cliff. As Fraser Nelson in The Telegraph reveals, lockdown was never backed by science. It was about models and suppositions, educated guesswork. It was driven by moods, emotion, fear, and worst of all, politics masquerading as science. A scientific establishment shadow government was empowered to seize control with virtually no democratic oversight whatsoever. As Nelson asserts, such revelations, quote, should start a great unraveling of the lockdown myth. Now they're going to have some big whitewash inquiry so they can brush it all under the carpet. What are they going to say? Whoops, sorry, we got it wrong, my bad. Where's the accountability? Where's the justice for the devastation that they caused. We were right. We were right about masks. We were right about lockdowns. We were right about all of it. But it's not enough to just be right. The damage has been done. What on earth, if anything, is going to be done to fix it? To make sure this outrage never happens again. Such a night came the dawn And my heart in love and the night was gone but I'll never forget to the kiss of the kiss in the moonlight. Ooh, such a kiss. Such a night. It was a night. All right, thanks for still being with us. And uh, this is the second half of our show. And I want to mention a couple people uh, that are helpers. And, I, and let me just talk about Alan's Auto Body, who is a great auto body guy and his wife are both involved she runs the office and that's kevin and carrie clark they they worked on my honda element they worked on my radio show techs uh pickup put a new front on it painted it made it look so beautiful made my car look beautiful so if you want if you are looking or wondering oh you know you maybe you're new to town you're wondering oh, i got a little problem with my car i got a ding i got some door dings somebody clipped my car i clipped something you might check Alan's Auto Body. Here's what I know about him. They do great work. Kevin is a great painter, great body guy. And um, actually, most of the time, they just put new parts on your body, right? You, they just put new sections, but it just looks like brand new. And uh, 
they're they're honest people. They're good people and they're kind people and uh, easy to find at Tea Garden and Sutter Street. They're right on the corner. It's a bright yellow building. It's got a big old yellow racing stripe, canary yellow right around. You cannot miss it. Allen's Auto Body. And you can reach them by phone at 530-671-1057, 671-1057. And just half a block north is uh, where I res- refer all my people that said, Lou, I need a good ter- attorney. I need to get a will. I need to get a trust. I need to I got to sort out some family issues on custody or something, something to do with family. Uh, and on and on and on. The list goes on and on and on. But if you want to get a, a really uh, fair deal, better price, better service, kinder people, go to North Valley Paralegal. Then you're going to get from an attorney. North Valley Par- Paralegal, at, at, uh, that's Nellie Garcia, who's the proprietor, the owner. She's a personal friend of mine. She's done legal work for me. North Valley Paralegal, 751 Sutter Street. That's just one block from Tea Garden and Sutter where Allen's Auto Body is, Yuba City. Here's her phone number, 530-751-9289, 751-9289. So um, I want to talk to you for a bit now about the fraud, the COVID fraud. And um, so uh, before COVID started, I was spending a lot of time in the Yuba County Jail, which was also an immigration facility, and I was conducting classes. So I had a lot of volunteers. It was all volunteer, and it was helping people get back into society and assimilate back into society after you get a felony and all kinds of problems. You can imagine drug addiction, all that. We were addressing everything, child abuse or not child abuse, but uh, drug abuse uh, anger management, relationships, uh, how to parent, all kinds of stuff, right, that everybody would need this in jail. Instead of just having them veg there, we were teaching them something they could take home with them. And so one of the classes I had uh, was on STIs, or what I used to call STDs, se- uh, sexual transmitted diseases. Now they call them infections rather than diseases. That's another story for another time. So anyway, I would have uh, the Yuba County Health Department was nice enough to uh, give me a nurse every time I need to teach that class. I had a nurse teach it and she was she taught a men's class and then we'd go over and teach the ladies. And so um, that a very it was one of the most interesting classes because I didn't know all the details about a lot of that. And I didn't know uh, how to treat it. And I didn't know. Uh, actually, I didn't even know how uh, the preventive uh, tools and, uh, you know, how to take care of yourself. I didn't know all that. And so we, we were talking about HIV. We were talking about gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, all kinds of stuff like, uh, HPV, everything. So anyway, in the midst of this discussion, each time the, the nurse who was lovely lady, uh, would say, you know, uh, we also have, uh, and out more smallpox is is break, breaking out, uh, and we pretty much well well she would say we we've eradicated smallpox, uh, and with a very rare uh, exception, and then she would say she would also say we almost we almost we had syphilis, like uh, like between nineteen sixties that. There was a 10-year international effort from 1967 to 77 that successfully eradicated smallpox, which is an amazing thing, right? How do they do things like that, right? Well, I'm going to 
talk about it a little bit. But the other thing she said was she said we got syphilis down to like just a few thousand cases in the United States, which is just amazing. But now it has roared back, and she never would go into the reasons why. My feeling is because of the homosexual community uh, is having very high-risk sex without using condoms, for instance, right? And that's where you get monkeypox. If, you, if you've been listening to the media and you think anybody can get monkeypox, that's not true. It's 99.99.99 a gay gig. That's what that is. And they're trying to make everybody scared of it. And uh, all you have to do is not have gay sex and you're not going to get monkeypox. So in the midst of this, uh, the, the, uh, I want to talk about COVID because there's a guy named, named Donald Henderson that was the guru on how to deal with pandemics or epidemics in the United States of America. And unfortunately, he died in 2016. Now, it's kind of interesting how he died in 2016. I'm going to tell you about him. He, they consider him a giant in the field of epidemiology and public health. Donald Henderson, look him up. He was a man whose prophetic warnings, it says, from 2006, when he, he made these prophetic warnings, we chose to, this article says, we chose to ignore Donald Henderson's warnings in 2006 about how to deal with a pandemic. Uh, we ignored it in March of 2020. So, um, so anyway, uh, he died in 2016. Another great, a Nobel Prize winner, died in uh, right through just 90 days before COVID was released on the world. And that was a guy named Kerry Mullis. And you can look up his name as well. He's a Nobel Prize winner, and he was very public. You can actually find his speech where he uh, called uh, Anthony Fauci a criminal. And I don't have time to go into all the details. Criminal is a pretty heavy charge. But when you're a Ph.D. scientist who, who actually created the PCR test and said it was baloney to use that on the way they were using it, and uh, But anyway, he mysteriously died just 90 days before the PCR test made medical people bajillions of dollars by st sticking that thing up everybody's nose. So anyway, I want to tell you about Donald Henderson because you, you're going to see how much of a total fraud that Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, um, Francis Collins, uh, Peter Daszak, and a number of other leaders, supposed leaders in the medical community, made up stuff as they went. Robert Redfield and this new CDC director, who's a nutcase, that female. So this says Donald Henderson directed a 10-year international effort. I mentioned this, and he eradicated smallpox. He led the area. He, he led the effort. Now, this guy was brilliant. Following this, he served as dean of John Hopkins School of Public Health from 1977 to 1990. Toward the end of his career, Henderson worked on national programs for public health preparedness and response following biological attacks. In other words, how should we respond to national disasters and biological attacks? In other words, what do we do? So these are in the, this was in the year, in 2006, Henderson was still serving at the, he was, uh, he was at the college, colleagues, working at the college, with colleagues at University of Pittsburgh Center for Health Security. Now, George Bush started, uh, 
George Bush's crew started working on uh, a deal like how to respond at that time to these big pandemics. What should we do? We need to be smarter and wiser, and how should we do it better? Okay? So he studied all this, and uh, he published what they considered a landmark paper, and you could get it on the Internet and read it, called Disease Mitigation Measures in the Control of Pandemic Influenza. Now, don't you think that would be, for a guy that stops smallpox, don't you think that this would be something that everybody that I just mentioned should really pay attention to? Do you think they read this? I think every one of those people have read this. It's called the Disease Mitigation Measures in the Control of Pandemic Influenza 2006. It was written in the journal called Biosecurity and Terrorism, Biodefense Strategy, Practice, and Science. Now, this is going to get your attention. They reviewed what was known about the effectiveness and practical feasibility of a range of actions that might be taken in attempts to lessen the number of cases and deaths resulting from a respiratory virus pandemic. My goodness, that sounds just like COVID. So they studied, like, what could we do to stop this and stop the impact, right? So they looked at proposed biosecurity measures later uh, utilized for the first time during COVID. They, uh, such as large-scale, they looked at, should we have large-scale or home quarantine of people believed to have been exposed? Like, have, remember those days in COVID when they said, oh, yeah, he's not sick, but he was in an office, and then later that day, man, or two days later, or next week, two people were sick, and my, my husband, Johnny, actually went in there to buy some tacos, Right? So they they looked at the quarantine. Should we quarantine people believed to have been exposed? Should we have travel restrictions? Should we have prohibitions on social gatherings? Listen, this is 2006, people. By these people weren't Klaus Schwab and global control people. They said, should we close schools? Should we maintain personal distance? Should we actually have people wear masks? Isn't this so interesting that they actually wrote this in 2006 and now we're in 2023? So they looked at a, uh, he said, even assuming a case fatality rate of 2.5%, roughly equal to the 1918 Spanish flu, but far higher uh, uh, than the, the rate for COVID, Way higher than for COVID. COVID was a no, uh, was a nothing burger compared to the Spanish flu. Henderson and his colleagues, nevertheless, concluded that these mitigation measures would do far more harm than good. Did you hear what I said? I'm saying that social distancing, masks, uh, trans- dumping on people that were exposed but had no symptoms, uh, quarantining healthy people. They said, don't do any of this stuff. So, so here's what they, they found. The most helpful strategy would be isolating people that are sick, symptomatic individuals, but not those who had merely been exposed. Don't fuss with the people that have been exposed. But, but have the sick people, people that were just having a tough time, keep them at home or put them in the hospital if they need it, a strategy that had long been part of the traditional public health system. They also cautioned against reliance on computer modeling 
which is what they used. That's how we got the 2.7 million Americans that were supposed to die by that idiot, that adulterer over there at the Imperial College, Ferguson. So they said, don't use computer models. They said, no model, no matter how accurate in epidemiologic assumptions, can ever illuminate or predict the secondary and tertiary effects of a particular disease mitigation. It doesn't. They said, listen, computer models are foolish. They don't work. Furthermore, they said, if particular measures are applied for many weeks or months, the long-term or cumulative second and third order effects could be devastating socially, economically. In other words, they said, you're going to destroy society, monkeying around like a bunch of Frankenstein scientists. They said, don't do it. He said, regarding forced quarantines of large populations, the authors noted, there are no, hear me now, there are no historical observations or scientific studies that support the confinement by quarantine of groups of possibly infected people, possibly infected people. They said the negative consequences of large-scale quarantine are so extreme like forced confinement of six six people, complete restriction of movements of large populations, difficulty in getting critical supplies, medicines, and food to people inside the quarantine zone, that the mitigation measure itself should be eliminated from serious consideration. Likewise, they found travel restrictions, such as closing airports and screening travelers at borders, have historically been ineffective. They argued that social distancing was also impractical and completely ineffective. Now, why would we do this? This is all, these people had all this information, folks. These people, when they tell you we're going to follow the science, these people were crapping all over your face. They were, they were crouching right over your face. Liars. If, if the supervisors want to plead ignorance, okay. But your health officer is stupid. We're paying 300000 for capital S-T-U-P-I-D in bold caps. Stupid. Going on YouTube every week, the YouTube personality of Yuba Sutter, telling you that hydroxychloroquine is going to give you a heart attack, ruin your liver, and ruin your kidneys. Come on. Please, please don't crap on my face and tell me it's some kind of new cologne. The authors noted that during previous influenza epidemics, large, large public events were occasionally canceled. However, they found no evidence that these actions have had any definitive effect on the severity or duration of an epidemic. Let me tell you something. Do you remember Woodstock? Woodstock happened right in the middle of the swine flu. Do you think they tried to stop it at all? They did not try to do anything. They let it happen. What did they have? A quarter of a million or a half a million? I've lost track. Look it up. Look it up. Look at the photos. It's right in the middle of a swine flu outbreak. Nobody was getting jabs or anything else. They argue that closing theaters... Listen to this, how specific this is. This was written in 2006. They argue that closing theaters, restaurants, malls, large stores and bars 
would have seriously disruptive consequences. The review presented clear evidence that school closures would prove ineffective and enormously harmful. They likewise found no evidence for the utility of masks outside of a hospital setting. Henderson and his colleagues concluded their review with this overriding principle of good public health. Here it is, people. Are you listening really close? Get your pencils out. Quote, experience has shown that communities faced with epidemics and other adverse events respond best with the least anxiety when the normal social functioning of the community is least disrupted. Now, we have a little Vietnamese gal that claims she's a doctor. She is not a doctor. I don't care what certificate she has. She is a bureaucrat Nazi. All she did was repeat what Sacramento told her to do. And they repeated what Fauci told them to do. That is not a doctor. A doctor is someone who looks at you, looks at the whole situation, looks at the environment, looks at your life when you go in and you say, I have a problem. And they put their best head and all their scientific knowledge together and they prescribe some sort of a solution to your problem. This woman simply did every single thing that people so much smarter than her in 2006 said way long ago from a lot more experience. Now listen, this woman, if she did not read Henderson in college, supposedly she got a great grade in college and studied public health. You're telling me that they didn't read Henderson, the guy that stomped out smallpox? And you're telling me she didn't know about this this article, Biosecurity and Bioterrorism, Biodefense Strategy, Practice, and Science? This article says, needless to say, we did not heed any of this advice in March of 2020. We instead forged ahead with lockdowns, masks, social distancing, and the rest of it. When faced with COVID, we rejected time-tested principles of public health and embraced instead the untested biosecurity model. We are now living in the aftermath of this choice. Listen, people, if you're going to pay somebody $300,000 to be a a wannabe doctor. She is what we call a faux doctor, F-A-U-X. And the supervisors hide behind her little skirt because they haven't got the courage to say they didn't have the balls to study themselves, to show, to show themselves worthy of being our leader. They just simply went along to get along and screwed everybody ahead of them and behind them. We'll be right back. is basically about electronic benefit transfer and it's basically about welfare and having children and um, just for money just for the state so the state of California can pay for WIC, GR, uh, food stamps, 
um, daycare. I mean, the state of California, I mean, if you want EBT, the state of California is the best place to, to get your money. They'll pay you the most. And yeah, it's like 221 for GR and about 179 for food. That's for each person. So, yeah. You get free daycare, you get free food, you can go to fast food restaurants now. Um, Domino's Pizza is accepting EBT. McDonald's, I haven't saw a sign for McDonald's. Subway, you can, get your EBT, you can take your EBT card. Like you get 221 in cash, you get free daycare, so if you have four kids or six kids, you get, you get money for free daycare. So all of them can go to daycare. Most people, they have their friend as the daycare person and they split the money. I heard all about it. And um, they split the money for that. And then you have um, the cash that they give you. And then the lights and gas and the free home. I mean, who would want to work in America? This is what the taxpayers are paying for. According to Pfizer's very limited human trials, 87% of pregnant mothers lost their babies after receiving the shot. And for those who survived the deadly shot and are able to reproduce, their offspring's DNA is now forever mutated. There is now irrefutable proof that the mRNA vaccines are a deadly toxin, aside from the relentless debilitating spike protein that's keeping everyone who has been jabbed sick. The vaccines contain metals, metals that have been observed to self-assemble outside of the body, and most disturbingly, metals that assemble inside of the body. Studies show that these metals are found in the blood of 94% of those who have received a COVID vaccine. And these mysterious conglomerates of metal make their final appearance in the dead. All over the world, coroners are now finding that the arteries of the vaccinated have been clogged with mysterious growths non-organic masses made up of conductive metals such as aluminum, sodium, and tin. This is what's most likely causing all the organ failure and heart attacks. Heart attacks in our children. Two days ago, I, f I flew out my first 10-year-old with a heart attack and I had to fight the doctor in the ER because he's like, 10-year-olds don't have heart attacks. And I argued back and forth for 30 minutes to force his hand to get an EKG to find out that he was had almost a complete STEMI, which is ST elevated myocardial infarction, for which you could see it lit up on the 12 lead EKG. And he's like, well, that's not possible. And I'm like, well, he was just vaccinated yesterday. It is very much possible. At any given time, people are getting a hold of me and the nurse advocates at American Frontline Nurses to help advocate because as you've seen, there is victim shaming that it, oh, it's anxiety. Oh, it's this. But in actuality, if they put down that it was a vaccine injury, the physician, the corporation, the hospital, the clinic, they actually won't get reimbursed, so it gets labeled as anxiety. According to the whistleblowers, the doctors are lying about the vaccine deaths to make a few thousand bucks. Is that why Trump has been pushing the deadly shots, killing our own children for a measly million dollars? Now that the truth about the deadly COVID vaccines is finally starting to break free, the mainstream media is shifting their narrative and blaming it all on President Trump. And they've already laid the groundwork back in 2016 when the herd was told to believe that Trump is literally Hitler. 
We should look at Adolf Hitler in 1929. He was a kind of a funny kind of character that said the things that people were thinking. Where Donald Trump takes it, I have absolutely no idea. But Donald Trump is a dangerous man with the things that he has been saying. You might argue that Trump is innocent, but he doesn't. He brags of all the lives he has saved. And the herd will believe what they are told to believe. It shows you how unpainful that vaccine shot is. So everybody go get your shot. It works incredibly well, 95%, maybe even more than that. It works incredibly well. It's a great vaccine. It's a safe vaccine, and it's uh, something that works. I recommend you take it, but I also believe in your freedoms 100%. When you have the vaccine, people that do, and it's a very small number, relatively, but people that do get it get better much quicker. That's a very important thing to know. Uh, they don't get nearly as sick, and they get it. They get better. Lindsey Graham's an example. He said, "If I didn't have this vaccine, yes. I would have died." And you know what? I believe totally in your freedoms. I do. You got to do what you have to do. But I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got no. That's okay. That's all right. You got your freedoms. But I happen to take the vaccine. The vaccines do work, and they are effective. I am, uh, I think I saved many, I don't think, I know, I saved millions and millions of lives throughout the world. We could have had another Spanish flu. We could have had, you know, in 1917, close to 100 million people died, they say. But it was really bad. And now other countries are using our vaccines and, uh, you know, tremendous, they're tremendously successful. You're playing right into their hands when you sort of like, oh, the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates, but take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. Take credit. Don't let them take that away from you. Okay, so the president made news. Do you agree with that? Okay. Both the president and I are vaxxed, and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it too. Okay, so. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Everywhere I go, I run into Thrifty Rooter. Those guys are waving at me. I don't know whether I got, I don't have my name on my car. They must somehow know I drive this old toaster on wheels called a Honda Element. But they give me the, they give me a high sign. And uh, But Thrifty Rooter's doing a great job. They're just solving one problem after another. If you go on their website at thriftyrooter.net, you will be surprised at all the stuff they do. You think, oh, yeah, they come and unplug your toilet or they come and fix a leak under the sink that the P-trap blew out or something. No, 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 no. These guys got it going on. These guys are high tech. They're, they're like they got the big tanker trucks that will relieve your entire sewer system. You know, your entire septic tank. They got the the the. The little guys that go down the line and film inside the line and tell you what's going on in there. Thriftyrooter.net. Thriftyrooter.net. Just check out that website. And right on the website, after you look at all the things they do, like you think, I wonder if they do that. I wonder if they can fix this. I wonder if they can find this line. How? We don't even know where the line is. How do we find it? Uh, they will tell you what they'll do. And then you can shoot them a message if you don't want to call them. You can, like it say, it's in the middle of the night. 
and you don't need them till tomorrow, you can just shoot them a message right off their website. Just type it on there, put your address, put your name, da da da, and and click. And they just you can just mark the things you're interested in, and they'll give you a shout out. Or if you want to just do old school, you can dial them up in the morning, and they got all the. They, in fact, they may have dispatchers working at night. Five three zero six seven three eight two zero one six seven three eight two zero one. Those dispatchers, they're all anxious and fired up. They want to. They said, bring the problem. Just call us with your problems. We got a whole team of people that's going to come over and solve it. So give a shout out. So if you're out there in the in the, the uh, rural areas and you don't have, uh, you're not on city or county sewer, you're out on your own, right? You got your own sewer system. You got your own water system. These boys and Goyles can fix you up. So don't be hesitating to call them. Uh, also, I want to mention Dr. Cassidy. Uh, Dr. Cassidy and I have been working, trying to help many of the people that are uh, getting sick uh, from opiate addiction and meth addiction and other kinds of addiction, alcoholism. And we we are trying to get people into help faster than the government, which isn't hard. Actually, I can do it in my sleep uh, because the government has actually collapsed. The behavioral health uh, is collecting millions and millions of dollars and hardly doing anything with it over here at 1965 uh, Live Oak Boulevard. So they used to have a pretty effective drug operation, anti-drug operation, getting people into uh, rehab, but they aren't anymore. So we're trying to get people to call us directly. So if, if you have a problem, let us help you. Don't stay in bondage and you uh, we're concerned that you're going to get an overdose from all the funky fentanyl coming into town. So please call Peachtree Health, 530-749-3242, 530-749-3242. I know it's an auto attendant system. Try to work your way through it. If you can get to a place where just say, I want to see Dr. Cassidy, they'll say, oh, well, he's really busy. Maybe another doctor say, no, 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 no. They told me to see Dr. Cassidy. I got an addiction issue. Uh, so get get through. If you have problems, I'm going to give you Cassidy's direct number. That's his cell phone. He's a doctor now, so don't call him all night. Don't call him all day. Just text him during the day. I'm going to give you a third alternative in a minute, but just listen to me. 530-682-8648. 682-8648. He's the only doctor in town that gives his number out, and all the addicts have it. Please be courteous, be polite, be be respectful. Text him and just say your name and I need addiction help. He will make your he will make an appointment for you if you're having trouble getting in. If all else fails, you don't want to call the doc. Just dial me up, I'll talk to you, right? Any day of the week, night or day, I will talk to you and I will make it happen. I got people calling me right now, texting me on Facebook. You can reach me Lou Benninger, L O U B I N N I N G E R. You can go on Facebook. You can message me, on, message me on Facebook. You can call me. You can text me. 530-713-1838. I will make all the connections for you. It's not that hard. We will we will get you some help right away, even on the weekends. So give us a shout, okay? So, uh, okay, let, let's get back to it, and uh, let's get into some more meat here today. All right. There's so many things that we can do. Hey, this weekend, I know... Um, when this is coming out on Saturday, uh, we're, we're going to register people to vote at the church I attend, Church of Glad Tidings. I'm going to make an announcement. We have some people there to sign people up. We need to vote. If you're in the, if you live in the United States of America, 
uh, it's time to vote and you need to register to vote. If you're turning 18 before Election Day, you can register to vote and vote on Election Day. Even if you're 17 right now, you may as long as you turn 18 before that date, uh, you can also uh, if you've changed your name, you say you got married or you changed your location, you moved here from another county or another state or or you just became a citizen, uh, you can vote. And so you can you need to register to vote. So we're going to register people at Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City. But I'm not saying you should come over there. You can register online, I think, uh, with the Secretary of State of the State of California. I don't know how it is over in your state if you're over there in Missouri or down in Texas or down in Florida where Ron DeSantis is. They probably have easy ways for you to register. Uh, you can even register at the Department of Motor Vehicles. They made me come over there and jump through a lot of hoops to get my license. I think somebody reported me, so they had me come over and take the test again. I had to study the book. And I did take an eye test, and I, did, I needed to jump over a couple chairs and everything, make sure I can get around and uh, they, to give me a license again. But when I was over there, they said, hey, we want to register you to vote. And I had to fight them to say, I'm registered. Leave me alone. And I quit trying to get me to register Democrat. So uh, anyhow, I'm just uh, telling you, it's you need to get registered. And then you can you can vote in this coming election in November, just around the corner. So, uh, all right. So I'm, I'm just kind of scrolling down here and we got this segment. I got 12 minutes left and then I got one more segment and then the party's over for tonight. So, um, if you've been following this, um, so many things are a lie that we've been told for many years. For instance, we came from a monkey. That was a lie. Um, the fact that, uh, the, 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 the planet is, is warming and we're all going to melt and everything's going to die, or or there's too much carbon dioxide. The fact is, the more carbon dioxide is, come on, people, pay attention. The more carbon dioxide there is, the greener and more lush the planet is. And uh, so uh, all this thing of, oh, this is, a, this is a threat, this is a threat, this is a threat, no, this is a threat, those are lies to get you to vote Democrat. So I'll, I'll give you, uh, you know, it's amazing to me that, that uh, by the way, did you know that um, Bill Gates, the Gates Foundation, once was known as the Foundation for Population Control? Did you know that? I have it here somewhere. But there's just been one lie after another. Eugenists, people that just that think that all all uh, different flavors of people are bad, and people of color are bad. Those are what we call eugenists. People that think minorities are bad. People that think certain types of white trash are bad. Uh, they think that somehow their bloodline is super duper, right? And uh, so they come up with all these different uh, crises, like we're all going to die because it's getting too warm, or we're all going to die because there's, we're running out of oil, or we're all going to die. We're running out of water. We're running it. We're always running out of something. So, uh, oh, I'm trying to think this guy's name. He wrote the population bomb in 1970 or 71. Paul, Paul and Ann, Paul and Ann, I have to think, I want to call him Paul Rand, but that's not, that's his name. I'll think of it later. Paul and Ann, anyway, look up the population bomb. It came out in 1970, and he, he predicted 
that he, he just predicted all kinds of amazingly pro, prolific, horrific, uh, famines, collapses of countries, famines, and he even said it's too late to even do anything about it right now. He just predicted it and said he he just threw down the baton and said, we're all screwed up and it's bad. And uh, Paul Ehrlich, Paul and Ann Ehrlich, The Population Bomb, is a very popular book back in the 1970s. Here's the interesting thing. It was totally full of falsehoods, and and he became recognized as, as a population bomb guru. And so people like uh, Bill Gates's parents bought into it a hundred percent and got all involved in Planned Parenthood, supported Planned Parenthood. We're on the board of Planned Parenthood. And, uh, yeah, here it is. I'm going to just scroll way down here and see if I can pull this up. And, uh, okay. I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close actually. Okay. Uh, let's see. You hear about cockroach milk? I'm not kidding. These guys want to feed you cockroaches and crickets and stuff like that. I'm scrolling through here. Uh, I, I, you know, I always run out of time. So, uh, okay, I'm, I'm right here now. Okay, here we go. It says, the question was, was the Gates Foundation, you know, right now what the Gates Foundation is, Gates has a number of organizations, but one of them is the Gates Foundation and Bill and Melinda Gates. I don't know whether Melinda's still involved really or not since the divorce, but it was called the Institute for Population Control. These guys are eugenists. That means they think, they believe that not everyone has the same right to live. And so kids with Down syndrome or people that uh, maybe have a genetic illness or, or whatever, right? They have too many kids or they get pregnant out of wedlock or like why would Planned Parenthood focus on putting most of their clinics in black neighborhoods or Puerto Rican neighborhoods, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you know, do you know that there's a whole story? This is a whole, I should write an article about this. It's a fascinating story that when they, the doctors and they're, they're never just doctors. They're also big business people. When they started just playing around with the concept of a pill that a woman would take that would mess around with her, uh, her cycle and prevent pregnancy you know, you know how you know. You wonder, well, how did how did they ever prove that it worked before they launched it and gave it to everybody, right? And did it make any make them sick, or did it cause a disease, or did it kill anybody, right? Do you know where they tested it? I mean, have you ever thought about that? Like, how did they launch it? How do they go from like come in and pick up these thirty day packets or or whatever? You know, where they take they have it all laid out, so you take one that you know which one you took and you didn't take two of them you didn't skip a day so you make sure that you're protected right the pill the pill but it's a bunch of pills how did they figure it out what worked the trial and error right who they experiment on did they get volunteers they went to one of the most prolific sexually promiscuous places that they could find and that was 
Puerto Rico. Brown people who had lots of kids and were just screwing everybody. They went down there. I'm, t- I'm not making this up. I, I studied. It's a, fa- it's a very fascinating thing. So this industrialist named Gamble, I think it's Gamble, and I think the doctor was Pinckney or something like that. Pinckney or Pinckney. They went down there and experimented on Puerto Rico women. And people died and got sick and got funky and the whole thing until they could come up with a system that they thought was all right. And still pills throw women off, right? And uh, cause them problems. Sometimes people uh, claim that, um, well, I, I, I don't get sidetracked. Anyway, Bill Gates, his original organization was described exactly what he was up to. Very transparent. Population control. And uh, so he said, uh, this guy that writes this, Mike Adams from Natural News, said, I exposed how the World Economic Forum, working alongside Bill Gates and other powerful figures, are now opening, openly calling for a 94% of the world's population to be cold. That means thinned in the peach industry, thinned out. We used to thin, clean peaches. We'd pull every peach off between every six inches. We'd just leave a peach every six inches so they'd all grow nice and big. So um, the New World Order is no longer hiding their plans to depopulate the world. It's happening, and and all the statistics are showing it, but you're not going to get people that are dishonest like Dr. Lou to say that they're going to say, she, Oh, well, we don't really know why they're all dying at this rate or why all these ladies are miscarrying. We'll have to do a lot of research on that. Nobody was doing any research folks when they were calling everything COVID to scare the hell out of everybody. So, so Mike Adams writes, so let's just do something very basic and something you can reproduce right now on your computer or phone. Here, she, he says, here are two top results you get when you Google the term. You know how you go and you search the Internet? He says, if you Google the term, quote, Institute for Population Control, if you just put it in your, your search engine, you ever guess what will come up? What will come up? Uh, says try it yourself before Google tweaks tweak their before they tweak their algorithm and begin censoring the results. He said he tried it the very first time. He thought, oh, I'm going to just check and see if Bill Gates really was into population control, right? So if you you back when he wrote this article, he said if you put in the words Institute for Population Control, which what will pop up? is the name Bill Gates and his foundation and the Institute links. What's even most disturbing, says Adams, is that recently news emerged that Bill Gates was developing a vaccine that spreads like a virus. Now, isn't this interesting? Meaning that people will catch the virus like they would a cold or flu and without consent. Did you ever give consent? I hate colds, right? I get colds every once in a while. Once in a long while. It makes me really thankful for healthy times. But I don't like colds. And we use the term catch a cold, right? And, and so 
it's you never consent. Like I've tried to pray my way out of it. I've tried to treat my way out of it. I've tried to treat and pray my way out of it. And I just hate to go through the process of the cold. But but they are creating self-spreading vaccines. This is a bioterrorist product. And you know, it's like it's it, he, Mike Adams talks about. He said, well, let me just read what he said. Self-spreading vaccines have roots in efforts to reduce pest populations. Klaus Schwab and his people consider us useless eaters or pests. You ever grown a garden and pests come in when the things are looking really good and you find a big old bunch of funky uh, water uh, tomato caterpillars just smoking those tomato plants or things that are just biting at big holes in your leaves, right? That's how they look at useless eaters, humans. They look at us as pests. That's how Bill Gates views the human population. A pest population needs to be called. Now, there is biological warfare that, uh, that ag people use where they infect or, or they, in, they get inside a pest. The chemical gets inside a pest, and it makes them unable to reproduce, makes them, uh, what do they call it, impotent? That's what they're talking about doing with these vaccines. They, they will, you will catch it and it will make you impotent because that's what they're trying to do when they vaccined Indian girls and African girls. They made them sterile. Besides stopping them from getting typhus or some other kind of bug, uh, they, they made them sterile. So they couldn't, when they tried to get pregnant, none of these people could get pregnant. And then they realized that Gates had done something to them. He did it for free. He offered it for free, and he changed their life. Now, you people that are vaccinating your kids, I'm going to talk about vaccinations when I come back, uh, like any old kind of vaccination. You shouldn't do it. And they're offering to vaccinate your kids for free, the Marisol Joint Unified School District, and they'll come and pick up your kids. This is so devious and so evil. They'll pick up your kids. They'll do it for free, and they'll handle all the bureaucracy to inject your kids. I will be right back. Well, it's been building up inside of me for all I don't know how long. I don't know why, but I keep thinking something's bound to go wrong. But he looks in my eyes. Hello, friends and neighbors in Mason and surrounding counties. Attention. Be a victor, not a victim. We will be having a beginner's concealed handgun class this coming Wednesday, October 26th, at Keller's Riverside Store on the beautiful Llano River. Classes start at 8.30 a.m. This is an all-day event. We will attempt to teach you all the necessary information you need to obtain your CHL and hopefully when you can use your weapon to defend yourself if the need arises. We also will give you your handgun proficiency test as needed to get your license. The cost for the course is $100. We accept cash, check, credit cards, gold and silver, and used guns. For information or to sign up, call Crockett Keller, 325-347-0055. If you are a socialist liberal and or voted for the current campaigner-in-chief, please do not take this class. You have already proven that you cannot make a knowledgeable and prudent decision as required under the law. Also, if you are a non-Christian Arab or Muslim, I will not teach you the class. Once again, Again, with no shame, I am Crockett Keller, 325. 
347-0055. Thank you and God bless America. Game. Well, why not do what we did? Call Lincoln. At Lincoln, we got three rooms full of great carpeting for just 29 Although you might not believe it, I was once a highly paid executive for a major electronics firm. I'd come home exhausted every evening with a nagging headache and jagged nerves. Well, all that has changed now that I've learned about welfare. Thanks to welfare, I've quit my job. I sleep until noon, watch television all day, and I still get a check every month in the mail. Why, I even save money at the checkout counter thanks to Welfare's convenient food stamp program. And, unlike unemployment, the benefits never run out. You don't even have to speak English or be a U.S. citizen to qualify. Sound incredible? Well, it's true. If you'd like to find out more about Welfare, just pick up your phone and dial toll-free 1-800-WELFARE. That's all there is to it. Operators are standing by now at 1-800-WELFARE. Don't spend another week at work. Call now. Welfare. It's not just a benefit. It's a way of living. Sponsored by the United States government. I spend more time working on these cars than with my own family. I spend my days digging holes, cutting grass, and sweating. This is job number two today. So my customers aren't the only ones drinking coffee. I'm breaking my back out here for one reason. I want to pay off some other guy's debt. Biden's plan to pay other people's college loans using my tax dollars is a great idea. Biden's right. You should take my tax dollars to pay off your debts. My family will figure out how to get by with less. What's most important is we spare college graduates from any extra stress. Want to be a struggling artist? College is on me. My kids don't need fancy things like school supplies or new shoes. I work for you, theater major. This shift is for you, business major. Go buy yourself that new car. Enjoy your free ride. College is on me. Tell Congress, stop Biden's bailout for rich kids. I want to talk to you about three words that should scare the heck out of you, especially if you're young. Public pension liabilities. Okay, I know you probably have about a hundred things you're worried about, and public pension liabilities likely aren't one of them. But that's the reason this is so scary, because almost no one is paying attention. Unless you're okay with your city going full Detroit and giving more of your hard-earned money to pay off someone else's debts, stay with me. So what is a public pension liability? A pension is a guaranteed lifetime payment to someone after they retire. Pensions used to be a big deal in the private sector. Every major American company had them, but they became too expensive and companies have taken steps to phase them out. However, pensions still live on in the public sector among employees of the government and they're eating city and state's budgets alive. More and more money that could go to tax cuts or better services is instead being shoveled aside to pay for these benefits. Why is this happening? Over decades, politicians have promised trillions of dollars in pensions to government workers. That includes police, firefighters, teachers, and city and state officials. You name a government job and there's a pension associated with it. Now you may be wondering, how big are these payments? Many pensions are quite large. In California, 
More than 62,000 retired public employees are receiving pensions of over $100,000 per year. Sometimes it's even crazier. A retired New York City sanitation worker is getting $285,000 per year. A retired county administrator in California receives over $400,000 per year. Remember, these are guaranteed lifetime yearly payouts. Now, we love our public employees. They do vital work for our local communities and the wider society. They deserve competitive pay and retirement benefits. But currently, many cities are, in effect, paying for multiple public departments at the same time. The department that's working now, and because people are living longer, a generation or two of retirees. The system amounts to a self-perpetuating, corrupt merry-go-round. Public sector unions give large donations to candidates, who are then responsible for negotiating how much of your money goes to public sector workers. These arrangements not only promise high salaries in the short term, but they also hide the payments that will be due down the road when it will be much too late. The results are predictable. State and local governments across the U.S. openly admit to $1.4 trillion of unfunded pension liabilities, or $11,000 per household. Unfunded means dollars that have been promised, but there's no actual money in the bank. And that's just the amount they admit to. The real number, according to the Federal Reserve, is much larger, around $4 trillion, or $32,000 per household. Pensions have already thrown California cities like San Bernardino and Vallejo into bankruptcy, and the entire state of Illinois is teetering on the edge. So how do politicians get away with this? They use a time-tested political strategy. They lie. They lie by saying they can pay for more and more generous pensions, not by collecting more taxes, but by making investments at a guaranteed 7.5% return. But this is nonsense. It's less and less likely they'll meet their 7.5% goal over time. And their investment behavior, pouring ever more funds into ever riskier investments, suggests they know it. But if they were to use a more realistic assessment, they'd need to raise taxes dramatically, and they love their jobs too much for that. We can, however, turn the odds in our favor with public pressure, discipline, and common sense. Here's what needs to happen. First, we need state and local governments to report unfunded liabilities honestly, the real numbers using the 2 to 3% yields that sound financial reporting would require. No more pie-in-the-sky stuff. The truth should shock voters into demanding action. Second, we must phase out the guaranteed pension programs as quickly as possible and introduce 401k plans. 401k plans, if designed properly, can provide excellent retirement benefits. These plans also have the advantage of being portable. If you leave the public sector and go work in the private sector, you get to take your money with you. In other words, you don't have to be locked in to a lifetime government job to receive retirement benefits. Win-win. Let's end the current structure of public sector pensions and move to a sustainable way of compensating our public workforce. Save your city, save your state, save your money. I'm Joshua Rao, professor of finance at Stanford and senior fellow at the Hoover Institution for Prager University. Thank you for watching this video. To keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation.
All right, here we go. So I was telling you before we took a break that, and and this may be, ha- I don't know what, I don't know how your schools are handling kids these days, but the, the public schools in, in California are down over hundreds of thousands of kids aren't showing up for school. In other words, they, they disappeared. So some of them may have moved. Some of them may be going to private school. We don't know all the answers. But this article, uh, some of my friends dropped this off, says students are not, who are not immunized, this is uh, in Northern California at the Marysville Joint Unified School District, students who are not immunized by sep- September 16th will have to be sent home. I said, well, thank you, Jesus. Send them home. We'll educate them differently. And we don't want that to happen. That's what the uh, Fallis Ronnie, that's the uh, superintendent of Marysville Joint Unified School District. So they got an agreement with uh, the Yuba County Health Department and Ampla Health that you don't even have to be a a patient of Ampla Health, that they're just going to inject you and they're going to do it for free. And they're going to do it on a number of different days. So they'll pick you up. And it says, if you have any questions about state-required immunizations. Now, listen, state, this is the interesting thing that it took COVID for me to get this. If you get a measles vaccination or you get one of these vaccinations that are for something other than COVID, why would you care whether other kids chose not to be vaccinated? If you, if those vaccinations work and they make you immune to measles or mumps or all these things, why would you care of a, about a kid whose parents are trusting natural immunity to solve the same problem? Because indeed, if you're, if it's kind of like, it's kind of like saying, okay, a shot is like. An immunization is like putting on a bulletproof vest. So if I say, well, I don't want to wear a bulletproof vest, and but we're all going to be subjected to gunshots, I'm at, I'm at more risk, right, as a bulletproof, no bulletproof vest. Because if the vaccination is bulletproof, then you're protected, right? So listen, I've been studying autism. And I've been studying the rise in autism and the rise in vaccinations. And autism was basically unnoticed, undetected, not a problem when I was going to school. And now my my daughter is a psychologist at Orange County Schools, in Orange County Schools. And she's a dad, we got all kinds of autism everywhere. It's a huge problem. But what are they doing? They're giving, some people say kids get 60, 70, 80, um, shots. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I'm telling you, don't inject your kids. There's lots of schools your kids can go to. You, I, I shouldn't. That's not proper English. They could attend. Lots of schools your kids can attend. There's a brand new high school uh, run by St. Isidore's Catholic School, Catholic Church, called Chesterton. And uh, you could check them out. Check them out. Uh, you could call them up like 530-673-2217. They just added uh, five new modulars at Church of Glad Tidings where the EPIC, E-P-E-C, Embassy Private Educational Center is entering their second year. And uh, so they're they're adding more space, five new modulars, right? 
And I think they had over 100 kids last year. So I don't know, you know, they, they have more than just modulars, but they outgrew the building. They, they weren't even intending to use the Church of Glad Tidings campus, but the church allowed it because so many people said, I'm not going to keep my kids in public education, what I would call government education. It's, it's indoctrination. I don't want them to talk about sex to my kids. I'll handle that. I don't want to talk about transgender I don't want them to deal with uh, boys coming into girls' bathrooms. I don't want want them to talk about to my son who is white that he's an oppressor. That's right. He's five-year-old oppressor. It's nuts. So there's lots of alternatives. There's Bible Baptist School on Northville Road. There's New Life Christian School on Arboga Road. There's Faith Christian School on Calusa Avenue. There's Epic Embassy Private Education Center, which is at uh, 1179 Eager Road off Highway 99. There's lots of schools. You can do online schooling. There's a group called, uh, and it's just a group of parents. It's a consortium. You don't have to join anything. You can just say, I want to be a part of it, and you're in. It's called the Arrow Education, A-R-R-O-W. And all it is is a a large group of families that are all homeschooling, and they are sharing Ideas, intellect, curriculum, uh, I, you know, school trips. Uh, they have some athletic fun together. They get together once a week on Wednesdays. And, uh, and Glad Tidings lets them use the facilities out there. And it's a great time to mix it up, meet some new families. And they have speakers that come in and, and uh, educate the kids as well. So uh, listen. Uh, don't feel trapped. Now, the only grade in L.A. County, L.A. County, when they counted up their attendance, L.A. LA Unified School District, they realized that they were missing over 50,000 kids from last year. And they were already down from the previous year. So the only grade, the only age group or grade that increased was kindergarten, which made sense to me. Because a lot of people that have their first kid and the first year in kindergarten, they have they think, oh, well, no big deal. There's a lot of controversy, but how could you go wrong in kindergarten? You could go big wrong in kindergarten. In fact, when you hear the, the teaching union, the teacher's union, talk about mandatory kindergarten or mandatory preschool, universal kindergarten, all-day kindergarten, that's all about more money for for uh, unions and for educators. It is not a it is not a boon, it is not a blessing for children. I'm telling you, in California, we're spending probably more than any other state in the union, and we have the worst results. We got big problems here. You need to look at alternative ways uh, to educate kids, and so. Um, so there was a bump, an increase in, in, in kindergarten, but not in any other grade. Every other grade took a dive. Now, this is a great opportunity to look at educating your kids on your own. And it, you know, some people are intimidated because they have great respect for their teachers, particularly if you've had some good teachers in your kids' lives. And, um, uh, you think, wow, I, you, I'm not her or I'm not him. But the fact is, you can get her or him type people on YouTube or on different platforms that will teach your children topics that they're not even addressing in school. 
Like, for instance, Chris Ann Hall's teaching in different venues. You can get her on our website, the Constitution. Your kids will know more about the Constitution than college kids ever thought of learning. And they're just every topic's like that. You can look at calculus. You can look at science. Uh, you know, I just met, I was out at the school, the Epic. I was uh, picking up some stuff for a job we were doing at East Street. I'm picking up some bottled water at a warehouse. And they said, oh, this stuff needs to go over to Epic. I said, oh, I'm going right by there. I'll haul it for you. So there's a bunch of donated tables and chairs and stuff for them. And anyway, I got to meet some of the teachers and uh, the science teacher and stuff. And I thought, you know something, if I, I would love to have my kids in the school right now because they're, they're doing a great job. And remember when school, when teachers were like role models, they dressed really professionally and they conducted themselves professionally and they didn't put up with any baloney, right? I, I've taught in, I, I've done some volunteer teaching uh, where I drop in for 20 minutes a week or something for a class, particular class, and teach on character. And I've been so embarrassed at the teacher that didn't take time to really wash her hair or comb her hair out and just wore an old flannel shirt. I mean, she dressed more like a farm boy than than she really did a, a, a nice-looking lady, right, which she could have been, wore old tennis shoes. And I just thought, how pitiful, you know. It's just like, I, I'm not saying she was a poor teacher, but the kids looked at her, and she just, I mean, some of the kids were better dressed than her. And uh, it's sad when you have, you can't set an example as a teacher or as a school of, of uh, set a high standard. But that's what's going on in our public schools, and I don't want to get bogged down here, but uh, I wanted to let you know uh, that that's what's going on in the school system and some of the options you have to, to make a change. Um, let, let me give you, this is shocking to me. Let me give you some of the figures. Uh, where is it? Oh, man. Maybe I don't have the figures. Bill Gates has been bribing and Klaus Schwab, but mainly Bill Gates and George Soros has been bribing the mainstream media to promote false climate change narrative. Now, some of the people now that are whistleblowing, even on Fox, which somebody the other day asked me what my favorite TV programs were, and I said I don't really have any because I haven't had a television since 1987. So I, I've tried to get people to quit watching television during COVID because everything you was hearing we're hearing from the mainstream media, including I include Fox right in the middle of that. They were being bribed to lie. Did you know that that Facebook was was told by the FBI to put the kibosh on any inflammatory comments by anybody about uh, Biden, the the Biden son? Is it Hunter Biden uh, that was involved in all kinds of pedophilia? They said, uh, don't don't allow people to post that on Facebook. They told Mark Zuckerberg that, his people. So this uh, Josh Sigurdsson, who's a world alternative media host, warned Bill Gates is working with World Economic Forum Klaus Schwab in ushering the Great Reset. And to make that possible, the tycoons have been paying mainstream media to promote the fraudulent climate change narrative. So you think, oh, all these people believe in it. It's got to be true. It's got to be true. No, they've just, they've just paid to, to lie. 
I'll give you an example. For example, in the Guardian newspaper, famous newspaper, uh, it's noted that the most damaging farm products, that, that they got the Guardian newspaper to say that farm products that are organic are and pasture-fed beef and lamb, which most people prefer, right? There's no toxic toxicity. There's no hormones, et cetera, et cetera, right? But the Guardian printed just the opposite, that the most damaging farm products out there are organic pasture-fed beef and lamb. And Sigurdsson says the article talks about all the insane climate nonsense about getting rid of farms and just making urban sprawls, which I thought were super polluting, goes against their points, and they run in circles. He cited a news site that revealed documents indicating that Microsoft founder gave $390 million to media outlets. Did you hear me? $390 million. He gave $12.9 million to The Guardian alone. And he added that the tech magnet is worth is working with big pharma companies to find media outlets. Now, big pharma got in on this and all the big media platforms got in along with Gates to say that the vaccine was great, that COVID was bad, that COVID was going to kill a bunch of people. They lied. Now we have, uh, he, this Sigurdsson says, we are dealing with a man who is a eugenicist. That means he believes in killing off people like killing off rats. And he's finding media that's putting out stories in the face of controlled collapse of the supply chain. You think, oh, well, it's just a perfect storm. The supply chain's not working. This isn't working. That's not working right. It's it's all being manufactured. It's all being uh, controlled, choreographed. Did you know that Gates has been granted legal approval? This is why are they doing this? He's 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 got legal approval to buy another twenty one hundred acres in North Dakota for thirteen point five million. He just he's got the money. Do you think he's farming them? Now he's got uh, he already owned two hundred seventy thousand acres of a prime farmland. He's not buying land that's riddled with rocks. He's buying land that could produce food for people. Do you think he's farming it? He is not farming it. He's just letting it sit. He's not doing anything with the land. Are you concerned? Listen, people. At some point, you're going to have to make a decision to do something. Well, what do I do, Lou? Maybe you you should educate yourself. Maybe you should get your kid out of public education. Maybe you should make sure you're voting. And maybe you want to make sure that the, the government isn't allowed the votes to be stolen. Do you realize that even though the two... Um, Terry Hansen, who's the elections clerk in Yuba County, and Donna Johnson, who's the election clerk in Sutter County, they could be good as gold and clueless how, how the vote is being stolen. And, you know, they've already been shown how the vote was manipulated in their counties. It's interesting to me. The sheriffs have as well. Do you think they're doing anything about it? I don't know. Doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like it to me. And, uh, Sig, uh, this Sigurdsson said, and if you, it talks about 
being managed by the government. It said if you eat too much, your carbon credits go down and you can't go on vacation. You can't even work and can't get money out of the bank. You have to wait for a few days to get the money. <clears throat> so you're going to have to eat some slushy, mushy crap that they give you at a bread line. I'm telling you, people, they're telling you. You know, it's interesting to me. We were talking to Paul Preston, who does a live show ahead of me on um, Saturdays. He started talking about Agenda 2021 years ago. And people would accuse him of being a conspiracy theorist. Listen, people, it's not a conspiracy theory when people are conspiring against you. That's a conspiracy. That's a real conspiracy. A conspiracy theory is a theory that people just banty about. A conspiracy is something like what they did to President Trump when they lied and cheated and told about him colluding with Russia, which is all a complete lie that the FBI put together. By the way, let me just say on the record that the FBI is totally corrupt. Lou, are you saying that every FBI employee is corrupt? Nope. But there's a tipping point when you have so many FBI people that are now trying to manage the United States of America. They're not trying to catch criminals or pedophiles or sex trafficking. They are trying to manage and control the politics of the state of the United States of America. And we've also already have them know that they did the governor napping. They concocted that. They did Waco. They did uh, involved in these terrorist acts they've been involved in. They've been involved in infiltrating uh, militia groups and then created a fiasco, created an incident, and then blamed it on the militia group. They've all been involved in the January 6th thing. They were involved in the riots, supposed riots. Uh, they were involved, I said, I mentioned Waco. They're also involved in Ruby Ridge and murdered people. And uh, you think, oh, well, Lou, you're just saying... You know, those were bad people. No, they weren't bad people. They paid the daughters of the people they murdered a million dollars apiece. You don't do that when you do the right thing. They paid the Weaver daughters a million dollars apiece for killing their mother and one of their brothers, little brothers, a teenager. Listen, the FBI is out of control. It, the, the Senate and the Congress cannot control them. They're lying. You thought, oh, I thought it was just Comey. Oh, I thought it was just Strzok. Oh, I thought it was just Rosenstein. Oh, I thought it was just McCabe. Uh, oh, I thought it was just uh, that attorney. Oh, I thought it was Sussman. Oh, I thought it was this guy. Oh, I thought it was just that guy. How how many of them? How many of them does it need to be this guy that just quit? Uh, Tebow. It's not spelled Tebow. It's spelled French wise. He was involved uh, in covering up the uh, Hunter Biden thing and shutting the whole FBI. How come they didn't investigate Hunter Biden? You can you can molest kids. You can molest women. You can sex traffic them. You can keep them loaded on narcotics. No big deal. Make millions of dollars from foreign companies. No big deal. You just but you're going to run some poor 
third-class kid, some Mexican kid that can't hardly speak English, a little gangbanger, you're going to run in into prison for 30 years? But Hunter Biden, no. So this Tebow, uh, they just walked him out of the, uh, the FBI. But you know what he said? He said, I retired voluntarily. Yeah, just like Paul, Paul uh, sorry, Carl Adams, the former DA of Sutter County, retired voluntarily too after he got involved with the prostitute that he had uh, given immunity to on a on a uh, on a murder charge come on people wake up we're done i've run out of time i got a lot more to say but we'll have to push it over to some other time i hope you have a good week do something kind and stand up for your rights if you don't stand up you're going to lose everything i guarantee you i'll see you later Red roses too I see them bloom For me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies are blue And clouds of white the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night and I think to myself